warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 213. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking It's a trap. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, paint, erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Only talent. It's the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five four, three, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right. Yeah. And uh Jake, episode yes. uh, episode two one three. What's the significance in that? Ah, fuck, I don't know. Is it somebody's? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's. A, I'm sure it's a nice area code, right? right. Lansing. Welcome to Lansing, Michigan. Welcome to our Lansing, Michigan episode. Did you just Google it? Is no, no, I just I made. I don't know. So I'm going to get a correction Tuesday on what Lansing, Michigan's correct area code is. And for that person, I want you to fucking anally rape yourself with any object near you. Fuck off. Anyway, it was it was a. I'll stop it. I'll stop it. It was. It's a Los Angeles telephone area code. Oh, is it actually? Yeah, two one three was an American hip hop trio supergroup really? from Long Beach with Snoop Dogg, Warren G, and Nate Dogg all together. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. The significance have, of this episode, Jake. Wow, they have two albums. Wow. A live album and a regular album. That's awesome. All right. Uh yeah, sorry to all of our Lansing, Michigan listeners out there. Apologize. And all of our Los Angeles listeners out there. Apologize. Um, Everyone pour one out for Nate Dog this episode. Yeah. Uh, we are joined by um, two guests this week. Uh, back again. Where's this bumper? Hold on. Straight out of England and into your ears. I'm playing a bumper, you dumb fuck. What did I just tell you? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. Dan West. Hello. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm trying to play Dan's bumper, and I got Jake over there saying whatever the fuck he's yammering on about. <laughs> I'm Jake. Shut up. Let the man's bumper play. <laughs> I didn't realize the bumper was getting played there. I apologize. <laughs> hey, welcome, Dan. How you doing? 
<laughs> I just fucking love the way that he said. Yeah, he just said that before we started recording. Oh, I know. Jake's getting worse at I, talking over the bumpers, and there he goes. I was. Uh, uh, we've got another guest on the podcast, uh, Clayton Galeski. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You, you welcomed us. That's fucked up. Yeah, I know. I fucked it up. Wow. <laughs> Somebody's not nervous, are they? Anyway. Um. <laughs> Thank fucking God you don't have a bumper, Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, hold on. Here's the thing. Before we hit record, I told Clayton, I said, when I play the bumpers, you're not going to be able to hear them, so don't talk over them. <laughs> So I announced Dan West. I, I said, let me play his bumper. And then I start playing Dan West's bumper. And Jake's just rattling off some bullshit. Oh, man. It's for 213. That's why I did it. <laughs> for 213. All right. All right. Clayton, welcome to, uh, to the podcast. Your first time on the show. Uh, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how long you've been listening. Uh, I'm from Harvard, Mass. Uh, I've been listening since episode 149, 150, around that time. Uh, I'm into like anything pop culture. Uh, TV shows, movies, big are you, Star Wars. Fan. Are you into fucking with like keys and shit too? <laughs> what oh, the? Yeah, that's what, my fault. What the fuck are you doing over there, Clayton? <laughs> He's into fidget cubes. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> you, you fidget <laughs> spinning over there? What's going on? <laughs> you got Lincoln logs? You trying to pick them up? What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Little game of pick up sticks going on? <laughs> <laughs> Some Jenga. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, Clayton, microphones pick up sound. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. override my dumb mistake, Clayton. Thank you. Uh, now we just need one more from someone else. It's like, it's like, uh, it's, oh my god, like, I don't, hold on. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Um, shit, uh, this week on the show, we're gonna be talking about the Ready Player One trailer. All right, get it out of your systems. <laughs> Jeez, we got fucking Partridge family over there on the tambourine going to town. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, shit. This is already shaping up to be one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, guys. Uh, let's see. Clayton, go ahead. Talk about yourself. I apologize for cutting you off there. <laughs> oh, that's your, your... You're fine with that. So, yeah, I'm a big um, Star Wars fan, Marvel fan. Uh, I do read some of the books. Uh, I had been used to using the uh, Marvel Unlimited, and I got rid of that to do more hard copies so I could get into that more. But other than that, I'm a huge fan of anything. Nice, nice, very cool. So you're excited for the uh, the Last Jedi coming out this oh, yeah. week, man? Oh my god! Excited. Oh. oh man, it's crazy, dude. There's like seriously, there's like an energy in the air. Like I, I told you, Jake. I told you two years ago that I was actually even before the Force Awakens came out that I was looking more forward to the Last Jedi than even the Force Awakens. Oh, I remember. Yeah. I'll back you up on that. The fever's just so much worse this time, too, because 
we just know so much less. Yeah. I think that's really helped feed the fire a little bit for me. Yeah. I, well, for me, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, they, they've kept it kind of like on lockdown. We know some of the things are gonna, that are going to happen in this movie, but, oh, shit, we're not even in Star Wars news, and here I am yammering on about Star Wars. But I, I'm telling you, man, it, I, it, it's just this is – this is going to be epic. I cannot wait to see this movie. Um, Jesus Christ, my phone's going off and everything. Yeah, I saw people specifically, like, kind of easing my worries and saying, like, yes, it has a few similarities to Empire. Yeah. But it's not, like, the last movie where the big complaint was you could connect the dots to A New Hope. Yeah. That it yeah. was just very basic comparisons to Empire. Well, I think, yeah, I think, you know, I think <laughs> The Force Awakens... In my personal opinion, it needed it. It was what it needed to be, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to get fans back yeah. to to earn our trust again. It just felt like a little bit of that old Star Wars again, which we needed, you know. Oh, you know, we'd already been put through the ringer with Senate meetings and awesome villains dying in the first film, and yeah, all that. It had sh- to prove to us that it's back to Star Wars, back to the Star Wars that we know from the classic movies. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, and I'm ready to see what Ryan Johnson gives us in this. Um, let's see here. I got, I think we got one iTunes review this week. We got a few, but like some people didn't leave like an actual review. Uh, let me play that little bumper here. I don't know. Is this even worth reading? Here we go. Hold on. Does anybody want to talk during it? <laughs> no, I'm hitting my mute button. <laughs> okay, I'm going to play it in three seconds. If anybody has some, some asinine bullshit they want to say right now. Good. Are we good? We got a lot of our systems. Yep. All right, Clayton, you, you need to you need to bang out the railroad or whatever the fuck you're doing over there. No, I, I decided to mute myself whenever I'm start All fidgeting. Right. <laughs> All right, thank you, thanks, John Henry. All right, here we go. iTunes review. Right, you guys, I'm so proud of you. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, was that hell? <laughs> oh man, I about had an anxiety attack. I bet, Jesus. I'm so proud of you guys, though. You did good. Uh, the uh, only iTunes review this week comes from Gotham Knight, and it's titled Must Be Sam I Am, and it's a five star, and it goes on to say, I'd enjoy this podcast with green eggs and ham or anything really. Love the banter and all. So thank you, Gotham Knights. That's an interesting cross-section of uh, nerd likes there, the uh, Batman and Dr. Seuss. Oh, man. I'd like to see the Venn diagram there. Yeah. Those fans are. Uh-huh. Yeah, or like uh, Batman versus the Grinch. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Yeah. I think it'd go. Yeah, I think it'd go really fucking dark, you know. Oh, definitely, much like the Elmer Fudd stuff. I think I think Batman would be more like suited for like the Joker, and and comparing the Grinch to the Joker to where he'd take it too far with the Grinch, and the Grinch would be like, "Dude, whoa, stop, seriously, man!" Like, all right, I I won't I won't ruin Christmas. (laughs) Don't hurt me. I think. I think Batman would definitely learn something about his heart by yeah. the Grinch. Oh, Batman's yeah. He's kind of a Grinch himself. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Anyway, that was fun. That was weird. That was very introspective and stupid. Um, let's see here. <laughs> let's, uh, 
<laughs> Why? <laughs> Dark Knight. That was the guy, not a number or nothing. Did you spell Dark Knight wrong? How, no. did, how is he the only person called Dark Knight? No, he's not. It's uh, Gotham Dark Knight with no vowels. Ah. He used zero vowels. Nice trick. Nice trick. Yeah. Is that bothering you there, Jake? It was. Okay. Rest easy. <laughs> Rest easy, my friend. <laughs> hey, Dan, how you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of like waiting to like see where that, that whole Batman Grinch thing was going. I have no clue, yeah, man. What do you think about that? Step in on that. <laughs> I have no input on that whatsoever. <laughs> I wanted it to die immediately too, Dan, but Jake kind of kept it going, right? Do, do you want to see it? No. <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> you were talking about the Venn diagram, and I was thinking, yeah, well, surely there's just that one guy right in the middle. It's just one dot. <laughs> Michelle was um, decorating the Christmas tree right before we were podcasting and watching The Grinch, and I think I was annoying the shit out of her because the whole time I was just complaining about Jim Carrey's portrayal of The Grinch. She's like, when are you podcasting? I'm like, in about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> she was ready to get rid of you, too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I hate that movie, though, right? I've never seen it. I refuse. He Man. plays it all for laughs. Like, the Grinch shouldn't be doing funny voices and poses. and It's the fucking Grinch. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, yeah. it's, not, it's not a big thing over here so I don't really, not really fussed either way alright guys no love for the Dr. Seuss in the UK no not really <laughs> this has gone on way too fucking long it really is <laughs> God, okay I'm going to stop the bleeding uh, let's see here let's jump into good pop bad pop it's time for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things of the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we want you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Uh, let's see here. Do you guys, uh, I definitely want to talk about the disaster artist. I had the uh, chance to see that uh, today, as a matter of fact. But first, I want to jump into all these different trailers that have come out. There's been a shit ton of, uh, a shit ton of them that have come out. Uh, I didn't put it in my Marvel notes, so we'll just talk about it right now at the top of the show. Who all has had a chance to see the Jessica Jones Season 2 trailer? I have. No, I did not. Neither did I. Okay. Clayton, what did you think of the... Did you guys want to pause and watch it and then come back? I would like to watch it. All right, let's go ahead and pause it real quick. I'll have you guys watch it and we'll come back. All right. Hey, we've all had a chance to see the uh, Jessica Jones Season 2 teaser trailer, so I wanted to get your thoughts. Clayton, uh, you saw it. What did you think? Uh, I'm going to go out and say I'm going to taste it. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the first season, but uh, I did see the whole season. I did like, um, was it Purple Man? Yeah. Yeah. I liked the actor who played him the most. David Tennant, yeah. 
Dead. Yeah, thank you. But um, uh, this this first the second season trailer is just a taster right now. Let's see where where it goes and what happens next in the season two. So that's what I get. Yeah, I'm gonna piggyback off of that here real quick and just say I'm also gonna give it a taste. That I wasn't really impressed with this one, but I didn't hate it. There's just not a lot to go off of. I mean. I didn't even get a chance to see really who the villain was in the second season. Um, I can't, I don't remember, but basically she's just, uh, trying to figure out where she came from and they, I guess, was it, uh, they think that that'll help her. I don't know. It, it just wasn't so much to go off of and I wasn't that impressed. So Jake, what do you think? I, I'm going to go ahead and toss it. Um, it didn't really do much for me at all. I mean, other than telling us Jessica Jones is coming back for season two. Yeah. It was just kind of like, yeah, okay. Right. So Damn. none of the jokes really hit too strong for me. And uh, there, oh, there were jokes? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, she she's surly, you know. Oh, oh yeah, that snarky Jessica Jones. <laughs> she, is, <laughs> she, is, she is the queen of snark, isn't she? <laughs> and and yeah. it's that uh, black leather jacket that kind of pulls it all together, right? Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm excited for uh, – sure. I'll watch Jessica Jones season two. And yeah. Season one was one of my favorites. But oh, just yeah. as a get-me-hyped machine, this this was not good. I, I told, uh, Yeah, I had a hard time even giving it a taste. I just didn't want to toss it because I was just like, I, I like Jessica Jones. So, <laughs> but the trailer did nothing for me, Dan. I was gonna lo- I was gonna low taste it until halfway through yours after I saw it, and, you know, and I was like, you know what, low taste it is some pussy ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Jake. Well, tell you what, just paint me pink and flick me with your tongue, because I'm a pussy, uh, Dan. No, no, you tasted it. That was a solid move. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't care. You <laughs> totally call me a pussy. I don't give a shit. Um, you, didn't lo- you didn't do that medium shit. Yeah. Dan, what did you think? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and taste it as well, man. Just like you guys, I wasn't a huge fan of the first season. I give that whole season uh, a taste it, but huh. that's only because of David Tennant. And I think without him, it would, it would well, it just wasn't that interesting. It was probably like the slowest of... You know, most of the Marvel stuff, maybe Luke Cage is up there as well. But yeah, I'll just taste it this time around. I'm interested to see, you know, to find out where she comes from and how she got her powers and all that sort of stuff, because that's always something that I wanted to know in the first season. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in this. I really loved Jessica Jones season one. So I put did it right I. Up there with Daredevil season one. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's right behind Daredevil season one for me. It's a Tupperware. I think the, Daredevil season one and Jessica Jones are the strongest of the Marvel Netflix series. Yeah, I couldn't stop watching it. I watched yeah. it quicker than Daredevil. Wow, yeah. it bought the crap out of me. Oh, I <laughs> see, <laughs> oh, see I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And I mean, it, I think I think once we got to Daredevil season two, that's when it started going downhill for me. Yeah, so. I agree. Uh, yeah, I still haven't even finished Defenders or Punisher yet. Oh God, I I haven't started up Punisher again either. Like I I think I knocked out maybe five episodes, and I was just kind of like, ah, eventually I'll get back to it. We'll see. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> I got I got ten minutes in and turned it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's shame. Oh well. Yeah, well. I'm sure I'll get back to it. Let's talk about. Uh, you're, you're sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I want to know what's going on. Apparently, like, you know, stick with it, it gets better. Oh, God, I'm so sick of hearing <laughs> this shit. <laughs> yeah, I hear good things, so I will check it out for definite. 
Uh, let's see here. We did get the uh, first official trailer for uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about that. Uh, Jake, start with you. What did you think about this trailer? Uh, I don't know. I was really annoyed by this trailer, too, actually. I'm going to go ahead and toss this thing, too. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see this movie. I don't think I'm as high on Jurassic World as you guys were. Uh, I liked it. I didn't love it. And I don't know. The storyline, seeing what the storyline is, kind of feels contrived. And I felt a lot of sequelitis stuff going on with Chris Pratt and Blue. And I don't know. This didn't really get me pumped for the movie. And the return of Ian Malcolm in the trailer wasn't wasn't much for me either. So I don't know. This was kind of a big bummer for me. And it felt like it kind of fell flat with no, like, blip on the pop culture radar either. Like, I didn't really see people flipping the hell out about this oh, on you know, you know Twitter. Who's a, you know who's a better Grinch than fucking Jim Carrey? I mean... <laughs> where this is going <laughs> uh dan what did you think about uh jurassic world fallen kingdom yeah i'm right there with jake to be honest with you man i wasn't a huge fan of uh you know the first jurassic world it was okay there was a lot of nods to the old ones and stuff like that but um yeah it was just it was just an okay i'll give that one a taste it and as far as this trailer goes not really there's not really anything that's kind of given away, which I like, you know, like plot-wise and stuff, but also there's not actually that much to kind of get your teeth into. You don't actually know what the fuck is going on. We know they go back to the island, and there's a volcano, and all the dinosaurs run away, and most of them die in the sea. And then we get the the, the spoiler of the T-Rex sort of taking out that, like, carnivore or whatever it is that's about to kill Chris Pratt. So, yeah, I think I'm going to toss this one. All nice. right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you think, Clayton? Uh, I had to agree with Dan because I didn't. I was not too thrilled when they showed the T Rex saving or supposedly saving Chris Pratt from the other dinosaur, or whatever it's called. And I was kind of like upset with not. I mean, kind of like didn't give. He put a. Uh, Man, let me let me start this over again. <laughs> um, I I'll just toss it. Uh, maybe I loved the first movie. Uh, that was I tuppered where that one. Um, I'll, we'll see what happens with with other trailers and see where 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 it goes from there. Okay. Wow. Uh, I fucking loved it. I thought it was fucking amazing. Um, I thought it was, I loved Jurassic World. I thought that this trailer was fantastic. It's basically, it, we're back on Isla Nublar. It's four years in the future. Chris Pratt's not with, uh, what's her name? Bryce Dallas Howard's character. Um, they had a little bit of banner there. I love that. I, I love seeing the chemistry that those two have and on screen. I think it's great. Um, it looks like what they're doing with uh, Ian Malkovich is great. Uh, he's probably not even going to step foot on the island, which makes sense. Like, how many times can you get John McClane in the Nakatomi building or whatever the fuck? Um, yeah. So he's not going to be there. He's going to be. He's basically saying in court that let they, they they were wiped out before. Let nature take its course, and that's the question here: is should since we brought them back, should nature take its course and wipe them out again? And so you're going to have people that are pro 
um, destroying the dinosaurs, letting them die out, and then you're going to have people wanting to save them and get them off the island. And it looks like Chris Pratt's character wants to get them off the island. Another thing that I'm really impressed with was that Colin Trevorrow, who's producing the film, took to Twitter and he said, I'm only showing – we're only showing you in this first trailer scenes from the first 57 minutes of the film. Because when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, they're showing us the third act. I mean, we're seeing the volcano erupt and, and all these – we're seeing Rexy go out there and, like, kill that dinosaur. We're seeing – you know, we've already seen Blue and all this shit. I'm like, we're seeing most of the movie here. And then Colin and Trevorrow took to Twitter and said, this is the first first 57 minutes. Nothing past the first 57 minutes of the film. And I was really impressed by that. The Just the dinosaurs – they look okay. I think that that's it. Does need to, the CGI? They need to brush it up a little bit, and yeah. I think they're relying a little bit too much on CGI, as opposed to back when Spielberg was doing it. A lot of it was practical effects, which I loved. Uh, I think they need to go back to a little bit of that. But as far as the story is concerned, and as far as like the cast and everything, I'm really excited for this movie. I think it looks like it's going to be a fun, another fun, uh, you know summer blockbuster a popcorn movie and i i uh, unapologetically loved jurassic world i thought it was one of the most fun movies i had seen in ages and i it's one of those movies that i love popping on at home because it makes me feel like a kid watching these dinosaurs and even so yeah, some go ahead uh, you're not alone i mean people went ape shit crazy sure. for it right it has yeah. tons of box office records do you, yeah. do you think this one's going to capture the magic okay. i don't I hope so. I mean, I, they're already talking about um, – it was uh, Mr. Sunday Movies, which is a website. They they were the ones that broke the news about Matt Damon cameoing in Thor Ragnarok. They said that there's a chance that Sam Neill showed up to film some scenes for this movie. So they're trying to keep that on the down low. So they, they said to take it with a grain of salt, but they think that he showed up to film one day. So I'm looking forward to seeing him too. I, I just, for some reason, I feel like the cast and the chemistry between those two characters, you know, uh, Oh, Chris Pratt's Owen and what's her? Yeah. Uh, Bryce Dallas, uh, Howard, when she plays Claire, I love the chemistry between them. And this just looks like another fun movie. And it, it's, I think it's going to make, it's going to hit you in the feels. I mean, these dinosaurs are dying. I mean, I remember going to the theater as a kid, my dad taking me and my sister to go see The Land Before Time. And I'm always, I was worried about those fucking little dinosaur babies running around, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was. They get to find their trees. And I feel like that's what we've got here. Like, th- the first one was like, they gave us basically what The Force Awakens gave, it, gave us, is like a throwback to the original movie. And... They were like, but they were like, okay, now here's your park. We have a fully formed park. Now the park's been abandoned again. It's four years later, but now the animals are in danger. And it, it's just, I think it, I think it asks all the right questions by doing this. Like, yeah. So I. It also, it looks like the Michael Bay of like Jurassic Park movies too, right? It's like explosions and dinosaurs. I don't know. I hope it's good. Well, I mean, there was a lot of uh, action and things like that in the first movie. I mean, they were talking about – they could have gone the other way. They could have, like, talked about uh, – they were talking about weaponizing these things, which which still could be the case for the third movie. They might be they might be setting that up, but – Shit, it could still be the case for the third act. I think you guys – I mean, I, I guess you don't like it. I think personally, I think you're being a little too hard on it. I, I thought it was a – I thought it was a damn good trailer, and I think it sets up an interesting story and, and a – 
and it makes you think about like what if this were to happen in this world where there's a volcano erupting, should they just let nature take its course or should they go out of their way to save these animals? So I yeah. think I think it asks the right questions. I think it's interesting. Yeah, I don't do think you... you're wrong. I'll say, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, I was going to say, so you said Colin Trevorrow said that this is they're not showing anything like past the first hour in this trailer. In this particular trailer. Now, whether we get to trailer number two and we see, you know, the entire third fucking act, I have no clue. But he yeah. promises that this in, in this trailer, all you see is from the first hour, from the first 57 minutes of the film. Okay, so do you think that, just as a, a like kind of a prediction, that it will go the way of Jurassic Park 2 and that they will ship some of the dinosaurs off the island, possibly going to another island, and then lo and behold, they get released in a city? No, I think, I think Jurassic World, the trilogy that they've promised us, I think in the third movie, it'll just be humans talking about dinosaurs in a bar. I, no, <laughs> I, I think Dan's really onto something. I, I, I think they'll end up wherever Ian Malcolm is. <laughs> there's guys. You gotta you gotta understand that there's there's Isla Nublar and then there's additional islands. Yeah. So I think what they're trying to do is probably just get them to the nearest neighboring island. Would be my yeah. guess. Yeah, that's that's the first thing that I said that they're going to try and transport them. Yeah. And then somehow. Something happens, and then the dinosaurs get released into, like, the general populace. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Some greedy guy will be like, I'm going to take these to the States and make a shit ton of money. It's, yeah, yeah like, Jack Black's like military, character. Jack Black's character. Fuck them over again, <laughs> and then they'll be like, oh, we're going to take these dinosaurs, and we're going to weaponize them like dino riders, no, and then I... they try and get them to, like, <laughs> like, a fort or a dock, and then, oh, good, the T-Rex is out, shit. No, 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 it's, Dan, it's really cute that you're just trying to fill in the story here. It's re- that's, <laughs> that's real cute, but, like, as to whether they're going to do that or not, I don't know, okay? <laughs> I mean, if you guys wanted to talk, like, maybe, like, two, three weeks ago and try to fill in the dots, like, you know, you could have you basically said, oh, they're just going to weaponize them in this film. Nobody saw this story coming. With the volcano, I can tell you that much. <laughs> I did not see the volcano. Coming. <laughs> well, I think it asks all the. I think it. I think it makes for an interesting story, personally. Yeah, no, it does. It asks some really good questions, man. I, I completely agree. I just that's just a, like I said, it's just a prediction. I'm not shitting on it or anything. Oh, you're quite, totally shitting like, on it. Like Hollywood, you know, sort of just <laughs> taking it down like the logical road that it probably would go down. Like back in the day, but I, I love the return of like Ian Malcolm, and I think having him in it is is really good. And like you were saying, he is not going to that fucking island. No, There's no way. Yeah, and <laughs> it makes makes total sense. That's what I and I love that about that. I think the movie's going to make him out to be actually the villain in this one. So oh. I think that that'll be interesting. Well, look at him; he's wearing all black, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. So I think you know, I think it it's going to make him out to kind of seem like the villain because he's basically saying. Let the dinosaurs wipe out. Now, also in the in the movie, you know, we saw like like little baby dinosaurs being born, you know, and Chris Pratt, you know, being there when they're born, and like or like or you know. So I think it's gonna it's gonna tug at your heartstrings. And I mean, we know Chris Pratt has a relationship with Blue, and we actually that's what I didn't like. This that's what I didn't like about the trailer is like they showed Chris Pratt like seeing Blue for the first time. In yeah, four they still years. gave you that will he won't that won't he moment with the bite. Yeah, the, it, the only thing that was missing was like, a, is it? It's a, like a YouTube video. Like Chris Pratt hasn't seen his Velociraptor in four years. 
You know, like now, now we get to watch him. Now we get to watch him hug. So I thought, um, I thought Malcolm wore black in all the movies, the Jurassic Park movies. I thought that was his thing. Oh, I, I, excuse me. Uh, what's his name? The the gun guy that does the <laughs> Tim Gunn. Tim right. Gunn. I I don't know his wardrobe. Yeah, he he makes it work. So. Uh. Tim Gunn line for you there. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'll have to Google pictures of uh, Ian Malcolm to see what he's wearing. But I, yeah, no, I, I think you're right, though, that I'm being extremely hard on it. Uh, Jurassic Park is probably one of my ten favorite movies of all time, and I feel like the whole franchise has relied on just way too much like nods to the previous movies from then on, and it's just kind of annoyed me. <laughs> oh, another one of these fucking movies with dinosaurs. <laughs> Jesus. It's not, it's not, the, it's not that, Come part, on. that part. Give me a fucking <laughs> break over here. It's the, the more little things than that, like, you know, the, oh, it's the ripples in the water again, you know, the, yeah. and in this movie, it's the, oh, the, the do the blue stance again, and I don't know. It just feels like I just don't like all the little, like, goofy nods to the old... It feels yeah. like the first one was perfect and everything else has been chasing that. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, somebody all right? Everybody okay? I think someone fell over. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, no, I, I loved it. I loved it. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the odd one out here. I, I give it a Tupperware, and I can't wait to see this movie. I think it looks I think it looks like a lot of fun. Can't wait to see Owen again. Can't wait to see Claire again. I love the banner between those two characters. I hope it lives up again. I, I, I loved it, and I, I can't wait to see more fucking dinosaurs running around and all that shit. So, all right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Someone fell over again. No, I threw, uh, I threw a uh, beer bottle cap. There we go. Sounds really loud. Anyway, uh, Alita, Battle Angel. Uh, that trailer dropped as well. Um, what did you guys? Did everybody get a chance to see this? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is uh, James Cameron was originally attached to this to direct it, but he's uh, he's too fucking knee deep in Pandora um, to to handle this. So Robert Rodriguez is directing this, and uh, it's being produced by Cameron. So this it's kind of a it's it's a, definitely a passion project for Cameron too. Um, what do you guys think of the trailer? Let's start with uh, Clayton. Let's start with you. So I don't know much about the character or the books or whatever the trades are. So I went into it kind of like not knowing anything. So I was like, oh, this looks interesting. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, cool with the special effects. I wasn't too fond of the girl. Is it Anita? Alita. Alita. I just thought I personally was like, oh, my, that's not CG. That's just fucking Christina Ricci. And then I was like, oh, it's not. That's, <laughs> holy, that's special effects. I just thought that was regularly, that was regular Christina Ricci. So anyway, but yeah. Yeah, I I wasn't sure. I was just like, kind of looked like her eyes were, are they, are they supposed to be like like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just thought they were not as good as the other other robots that were going to try to kill her. They didn't seem real or anything, in my opinion. I think it's a stylized choice to make a okay. like that. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to taste it because I don't know the character as well. And it caught my eye, but that's all I have for notes on that one. Yeah. Um, Jake, what would you think? 
man, I this really took me off guard. Um, I don't really know the backstory to this at all, like the original story or where it came from or what it came from. Yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and Tupperware this trailer. I thought this was amazing. Um, I was I love Robert Rodriguez. I was really excited to see him doing something that potentially could do big box office numbers. I think he really needs this project, and it looks like he's really given it his all. Uh, action sequences look phenomenal. Special effects look really great. I I love these kind of stories about you know are robots sentient people or not. I'm really fucking excited. I was like fist pumping after this shit. Uh, Dan, what'd you think? Uh, yeah, it looks okay. I'm not, I'm not a, like, like everyone, I'm not like familiar with the source material or anything like that. Um, the, the stylistic choice that they chose to basically make Alita look like she does like in the manga and the anime and stuff was really interesting to me and actually brought it up like on the, uh, the leftover army pages and that. Do you think that they're doing that to kind of, uh, like, suppress the whole kind of whitewashing thing that everyone seems to do when one of these animes gets gets turned into like a like a western production i can't imagine robert rodriguez was going to whitewash a movie no but, but i mean but... The, all the characters that, that i've seen in the trailer that none of them are like asian that i've seen so about you know it's only it's only because like you know when we get like Ghost in the Shell and all that sort of stuff these all these things all these stories come out about whitewashing and all that sort of stuff and I haven't heard any like buzz or you know fucking people being all like angry at this because and I didn't see like an Asian person in this yeah I guess I don't know the source material that would help like maybe the eyes are that way there too and the only ones like to identify the model of robot she is yeah maybe oh, she, she looks just like the character out of like the, the research i did on the movie and things like that it but like you guys are saying like the robert rodriguez brilliant director i'm a huge fan of his and i, I was n- never expecting the action to be bad or anything and it, it the, the trailer definitely delivered on that it looks absolutely gorgeous um but it's just i don't know man. i think it's just because i'm not like a you know a big fan of the source material or anything i like certain animes and manga and stuff but this one just isn't on my radar so yeah it, look, it looks fine i'll just i'll taste the trailer but um yeah special effects are fucking good elite looks amazing yeah i'm gonna give this one a uh man i'm gonna give this a high tasted i i i'm coming out of this thinking to myself like this could be either the next big blockbuster or it could be another valerian um which yeah but don't get me wrong i loved valerian i i thought valerian was a great movie uh i will defend that movie um for its choices and there's nothing else like it and i think I think science fiction has been kind of a, a weird place in in films the last few years. It feels like movies like Arrival that are kind of like maybe not a not a low budget, but not a not a big huge blockbuster are doing quite well. Um, well, uh, and, and then you've got movies like Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and uh, hmm. you know which are which have a huge budget, uh, and that that just just are failing and i also kind of want to throw out valerian and what was the other one of course john carter from mars midnight um, special or what, what yeah but that was a, that that did actually quite well and and it was mm-hmm. i mean it actually had another it had life again in theaters when it would get when it was nominated 
Yeah, it's kind of in the arrival category then. I was thinking more of the Wachowski film that came out um, with um, Mila Kunis and Channing Tatum that I can't oh, think of the name of. Oh, Jupiter Ascending? Jupiter Ascending, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. thinking like this, you know, I, I, this might be in that camp. Um, not, I'm, I'm, and I'm not saying like it's going to be as bad as that film. I'm just saying it might perform in the box office that way. Um, that's that's fascinating. I, I'm I'm hoping this is going to be an easier sell than those movies. It's a little bit more of an isolated plot point that you can get across in a quick commercial. I think than a Valerian or a Jupiter ascending. Sure, I mean, but it also could be like Pacific Rim, where it's fighting to stay alive in the theaters, and you yeah, know that's true. What's the date for this thing? Uh, th- probably sometime in 2018. I don't have an, uh, an exact it's, release date. Uh, J- July the 20th. Oof, that's a tough market. Yeah, that is yeah. tough. But I mean, like you're saying, like you're saying, Brian, it's um like a lot of sci-fi nowadays has all kind of moved to like the kind of hard sci-fi, like a lot of stuff to do with AI and aliens and a lot of like you know like a lot of big things yeah. going on throughout, like in you know Interstellar and Arrival and all that sort of thing. So yeah, it, but- I mean, it'll be fun to go back to something which has these kind of like these themes going on, but is also just a fucking fun movie. So I hope it does well. Yeah, but I mean, if we're gonna compare this to Valerian, this movie's fucked, right? (laughs) (laughs) But but, this this is probably one of the reasons why we're all sort of just saying, oh yeah, it looks okay, because it doesn't have this this background of, like, this source material that is kind of part of, like, the mainstream pop culture. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Sure. So, I mean, you know, you've got, like, four people on here, and I mean, uh, Brian, do you know anything about the source material or not? No, I've been following this project for probably the last three to four years because Cameron's always been attached to this thing and he was actually supposed to direct this once he got done with the Avatar films but he signed on to like so many sequels um, that he kind of like handed it over to Rodriguez so I but I it's never prompted me to get familiar with the source material I think you're 100% right here Dan I I think like if this if this had like if this was like a Mattel or a Hasbro toy that we grew up with as a kid this might have a fighting chance, right? Yeah, or like, or like Akira or something. Yeah, something with a, with a huge name behind it right. that everyone knows about. Um, it, well, it, the, oh, the, that's that, depressing. See, well, that's the thing. That's the. Th- it is depressing, Jake, because I think Valerian was just. I think Valerian was a good movie. I just don't think that people cared to go see it in the theaters. I, I think that sometimes these and these movies, it's harder now to get a second life now because it's just, it's people so are pressing po- how hard it is to put these ips out and get these new ones well yeah. yeah fuck man you know a lot of creative people can do a lot of creative stuff in it, but we'll never get another star wars or lord of the rings or anything you know, like that if we don't let people take chances and do new things instead of just recycling the same old shit over and over again you know i hear you i hear you yeah, I- even cameron you know is guilty of it himself with his five Avatar fucking sequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So I think he'd have been better served to just move on and take this project. project. This that might have been amazing. This might blow up internationally, though. So keep yeah, that in consideration. That. So, I mean, I don't know how it's going to do domestic, but this might blow up overseas, man. And, I mean, right now, you know, the, the, these studios want the Chinese dollar. They definitely do. So... We'll see. But. Yeah. I was surprised to see Jennifer Connelly in anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, she got she got cast for this man like a year and a half to two years ago. 
something like that. It's been a while. So, um, Final thing that I want you guys to be able to talk about, of course, is the Ready Player One trailer that dropped uh, today, as a matter of fact. Uh, the first trailer was the teaser trailer. Are they calling this the official trailer, the trailer number one? I think you're correct. I yeah. think it's trailer number one, and that was teaser trailer, yeah. even though they're both like the same length. Yeah. Jake, I'm going to let you choose if you want to go first or last. Uh, I'd like to go last. All right. Uh, Dan, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, ooh, uh, last time we spoke about this, I can't remember. It was a while ago now, but um, anyone that remembers knows that me and Jake in particular are really looking forward to this movie. And, um, yeah, it's sort of, we get to see a lot more of, like, the Sixers and, like, the corporation, the um, the IOI, that are kind of the bad guys in this film. But we also get to see even more fucking insane Easter eggs throughout a trailer, which is based on a book, which is about the hunt for an Easter egg. And the, the more they show of this film, the more excited I get. It's absolutely just insane i just i I love i love the special effects i love the fact that a lot of people have said you know it looks like it looks really computer game graphics and it's like that's like the point because they're in a computer game and you know in in the trailer we we got to see some really kind of like up-to-date uh pop culture in this we get to see uh like tracer from overwatch and chun lee like running around in this like horde of wait um, did you say chun lee or did you say chum lee from pawn stars I, I, I said Chumley from Porn Stars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I just, I, it, basically every time they showed me something new in this, I am just searching the background for all the different characters and references that I can find. And the fact that there's even like codes hidden throughout these trailers that people have been decoding since they've been coming out. It's all like, it, it's not on par with the Deadpool marketing, but it's, it's just on par with like the spirit of the book. And, oh, man, I just I can't fucking wait. I just, I Tupperware this all day. But I, it, as long as, oh, I don't know, it's definitely a Tupperware. But I'm totally biased because I'm a huge fan of the book. So, yeah, take that for what you will. All right. All right. Hey, Clayton, uh, where do you stand on this? I mean, did you read the book? No, I didn't. But um, I've heard about it. I've People have talked about it where I'm, where I work, and they've always said like good things about the book. Uh, I actually Tupperware the the new trailer because the first trailer I was kind of confused what was going on because I didn't know anything about it. So when I saw this new trailer and it showed more information and more like more characters and more plot, I was like, oh, now I'm interested. I'll I'll definitely see this movie. So. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, uh, like, I, I thought the first trailer was fine. I, I enjoyed it. I thought the music was great in the first trailer and everything, so, um, but I think this trailer did a better job of getting me excited for the film. Um, I'm really excited for the film, actually, because of this trailer. And I, I've never, <laughs> I've, I haven't read the book, and, you know, that's my fault, but, um, it's, I'm really excited for this. It, it this was a, this is a perfect trailer, in my opinion. Like, I think as far as, like, getting people hyped, like, this is what, like, like, we were just talking about Alita Battle Angel, which might be a good movie. But that's what that movie, that's what that trailer was missing. I mean, it was all razzle-dazzle. Here's some cool visuals. But, yeah. like, this gave you the razzle-dazzle, but it also fucking gave you, like, here's your fucking story. This is what's happening in this movie. 
and yeah. he, he is like your main character, your secondary characters, yeah. and like the and the the basic plot, like the beginnings of the plot. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, it made me it made me super excited to to go to the theater and see this, and it actually made me want to go see it in the best way possible. So if like if this is an IMAX release, you bet your ass I'm going to be in IMAX. Oh so, yeah. Um, you know, and I loved how the trailer ended when you heard like the Back to the Future. That little, I don't know, that little, that, you know, that, that, that little twinkle or whatever the fuck it is, you know, that little Back to the Future chime. And I was just like, holy shit, that's great. That, it, take advantage of that shit, you know? I mean, Spielberg, you know, he helped with Back to the Future. Take, you know, take advantage of that shit. I love seeing, again, the Iron Giant. Uh, you know, it's just, and like all, all these nods to different things in pop culture are fun. You know, the Tron Light Cycle and, and all these things. It's just, it looks fantastic. Jake, go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna Tupperware this all day too. Uh, just like Dan, I'm just I'm so fucking excited, and I agree with you, Brian. This this was like the perfect trailer. Like you know, the first half just kind of giving you the basic information, and then just like blasting you with just off awesome images from the movie. Um, man, I'm really fucking excited for this thing. I um went ahead and read the Zach Penn screenplay the other day. I, I, just, I just couldn't, I couldn't help myself. And you guys know how this stuff works. I mean, it's, it's not going to be verbatim. I'm sure Spielberg made changes on the fly. I'm sure stuff happened on set that inspired him to do other things. So this isn't going to be, you know, verbatim completely, but I, I definitely got a feel for what the movie is going to be like. And I'm telling you, if you're going to get really like nerdy about it and say, it has to be exactly like the book, you're probably going to hate this movie. Hmm. So get ready for that. I'll give you that warning. But I don't think – I think a lot of the changes were really great changes. And I, I feel like if you look at it at the tone of at the end of the day, they have to make a Spielberg fun action movie as well as adapt this book. I kind of see almost everything being necessary that they did. And I kind of really like it. I'm, I, I'm at, the where I, at the point where I think I'm embracing what Spielberg is doing with Ernest Klein's book now. Um, I love seeing a lot more of the bad guys in this trailer. Um, I thought the 101 looked amazing. Um, seeing Ben Mendelsohn as Sorrento mm. was fucking awesome. Sargento, the cheese guy? No, no Sorrento. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not the cheese guy, but yeah, he looked great, and I'm excited to see him. You know, hey, going to be really typecast as these kind of characters. That's what I'm but, saying. I was going to say that. It's like Ben Mendelsohn is the fucking villain in Rogue One. He's, got, he's the villain in this. He's the villain in uh, upcoming uh, you know, Captain Marvel. It's like, fuck, man. This guy, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Indiana Jones 5. He's going to be the fucking villain in Indiana Jones 5. And Spielberg knows how to make you fucking hate the people you're supposed to hate. So I really think Mendelssohn's going to have a really good turn as his character here. I'm, I think it might be a coming out party for him as far as him getting a, a bunch more shit after this, I'm hoping. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Jake? Yeah. So is this, is this, are we only having one Ready Player One film? to encompass everything that happens in the book or was it like you know part one part two sort of thing no it's one movie that's encompassing the entire book whoa fuck thank goodness i did not expect that well yeah i mean they they can definitely do it like depending on the runtime and stuff but it's it's a lot to cram in that's all i'm thinking and I was just interested to see whether or not they were going to do it in one. That is actually that's actually pretty cool. I've got to admit, having this one film for the whole damn book. 
Yeah, and I'll tell you this, Dan, and to the other you know book readers out there listening, it's almost like they've made the whole thing fun again, even if you've read the book, because they've changed the keys and the eggs. So it's like discovering all that all over again oh, and wow. new pop culture methods of acquiring said things. Yeah, so I didn't. It, I didn't expect them to go through the entire scene from Ferris Bueller in this. Yeah. I was hoping for the War Games kind of Forrest Gump <laughs> yeah. moment, actually. <laughs> but but I'm okay without it. I get what's going on here, and I, I, I'm kind of. I kind of wish I wouldn't have read it if I would have been able to accept that it was going to be so different and still good. Yeah. Before reading it, you know. Yeah, I just I just can't believe like the amount of licensing and stuff that is must been involved in this film, like yeah. all the different characters and cars and films and music and everything they've had to use in this. It's just it's it is literally like nothing we've ever seen before. I can't think of anything on this scale that's been done before as far as like pop culture is involved. It's yeah. just fucking unbelievable. Not even not even Wreck It not even Wreck It Ralph. No, no, not even Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> yeah, bigger, bigger than Wreck-It Ralph, because it's just so many different mediums, you know? It's it's crazy. Yeah, so. I mean, even in that car chase that we saw in the teaser trailer, you've got, like, you've got the Akira cycle, you've got the DeLorean, you've got, like, the the, the Mad Max car, you've got, I'm sure the, the uh, Dukes of Hazard car's in there somewhere, you have the uh, fucking, the vacation car, the Griswold's car is in there as well, and it just, yeah. the list just goes on and on and on, and that's just the cars involved in, like, one particular scene. They are not gonna show the General Lee rocking the Confederate flag in this fucking movie, <laughs> no. Dan. No. I reckon no. they may have taken that out now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that will not be in the movie. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I cannot wait for this film. Yeah, I'm super pumped too. So yeah, I Tupperware this trailer. I'm, I'm super excited. When's it come out? But, When's the movie come out? Thirtieth. Thirtieth. Yeah. Three thirty. Cool. I'll be there. We'll be talking about it. All right, guys. Spielberg making summer start even sooner than normal. Yeah. <laughs> Smart. It's hey. It's a better time. It's it's that's probably when Alita Battle Angel should have came out. To be quite yeah. To be quite honest with you. So all right, guys. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll do news. Okay. Cool. back and uh we are going to be jumping into the pop culture leftovers news yeah so basically on break i just listened to uh dan and jake circle jerk each other about this fucking ready player one movie oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm not, i'm gonna tell you uh, listeners i'm gonna tell you one thing is their excitement for this movie is 100% legit. Like, and you didn't, you didn't even hear the half of it, like, for the actual episode. <laughs> like, like, once we hit stop, like, the conversation about Ready Player One 
kept us going. It was just like Ready Player Two with these two yakking each other up. So, Jake, I wish Ernest Klein would write Ready Player Two. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, I'm just like I was just kind of like on the break, just like listening to you guys talk about this and your excitement for it. And uh, I'm glad that I could share in that excitement somewhat for not having read the book, but share in the excitement that this movie's coming out because that trailer was pretty fucking astonishing. It was like I don't know who put that trailer together, but it is like that's 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 how a trailer needs to be done. So I thought yeah, it was right, you should you should really audible it up before the movie. I think you would fucking have so much fun with it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say the same, same thing, man. All yeah, right. please do, please do. Anyone that hasn't like listened to or read the book, just if you have time, just just get it and do it because you, you will not be disappointed. It is fucking fantastic, and it is it's about everything that we talk about, yeah, like, and everything that we enjoy. It's awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I've never read a book that more summarized like how I feel about pop culture than this book. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All so right, get on it. All right, uh, let's see here. Uh, we're going to start off with some news from Deadline, and here it is. Uh, <laughs> uh, here it goes. Already busy prepping to direct the film he just set up at Sony Pictures, Quentin Tarantino is also planning to boldly go where he has not gone before. Sources said that Tarantino has come up with a great idea for a Star Trek movie at Paramount. After sharing his idea with J.J. Abrams, who himself is busy prepping for Star Wars Episode Nine? I've heard the plan is to assemble a writer's room of scribes who will hear Tarantino's take and begin to put together a movie. If it all works out, Tarantino might direct it with Abrams producing. Uh, Paramount declined to comment, and attempts to reach Tarantino's camp were unavailing. I'm talking about on our end here, uh, on our end here at Peace at Pop Culture Leftovers. I was on the phone trying to get on the phone with Paramount. And Tarantino, and, and believe it or not, they weren't taking my phone call. No, uh, that was from Deadline. Uh, Deadline did report, though, that Tarantino asked Paramount for the film to be rated R. Paramount gave in to that demand. Uh, and I've also found out that uh, the screenwriter that Tarantino would hire would be none other than Mark L. Smith, who wrote the screenplay for The Revenant, uh, that film with Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Hardy. Uh, he also will add Lindsay Beer. And Drew Pierce to the writer's room. Lindsay Beer helped write for Transformers film. Drew Pierce, was he involved at one time in um, – oh, man, I'm wanting to think he was involved at one time in, a, in a, either a Star Wars or a comic book film project. I I'm Googling it as yeah, we speak. Drew Pierce. I can't remember, but um, I want to know your thoughts, guys, on a Quentin Tarantino directed uh star trek film and 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 i want to know i i think this is kind of a loophole as the if he does direct this this is how he can continue directing things i don't think that this will be considered the like the 10th tarantino film Um, i wanted to talk about that aspect too no it's not i mean because it's not an original i it's not like an original story from him he's not writing the story so, you know, we he would only be directing it. 
you know, he's got Mark L. Smith to write the screenplay. I, I, that's my personal opinion, that this would not be, like, you would not see on the front of the cover the 10th film from director Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> it's, Drew Pierce was a co-writer on Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, and Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3. Yeah, I thought that was a superhero film that he was involved in. So, okay. Um yeah, Dan, what are you thinking? Uh, Quentin Tarantino, Star Trek movie, is this something the world needs? I thought that this was a joke. Like, every time I saw this article <laughs> pop up, I thought it was some sort of elaborate ruse to make me, like, click on it and, and read it, and it'd be, like, not about that at all. Like, the fact he went into the offices and got a coffee or something. I, I can't see, like... My, I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. I've got all of his films, and I have no idea how his directing or writing style will fit into Star Trek. Like, like at all. I just don't get it. And a rated R Star Trek? How's, how's that going to fucking work? <laughs> it's just so, it's so weird. I don't understand. Yeah, probably with as many fuckings as you just said. Yeah, I just, I, yeah. Like, you can tell I'm a fan, obviously. But, yeah, man, I just, I just don't understand. It's so, it's such a weird combination. And I mean, is it because, like, like you said in the article, Brian, that he just kind of come up with an idea and and then they thought, yeah, that sounds good, and we're gonna we're gonna run with that and try and get him on board. Okay. Um, yeah. I, well, let me let me jump in. Wow. I, I think you know Tarantino's a fan of the of the property, and I I, I feel like. Some people are kind of getting carried away with this a little bit and and thinking, you know, that Tarantino is going to go in there and just bastardize this whole thing. Um, that, you know, Gene Rod like he's basically just going to shit on Gene Roddenberry's legacy here. And I don't feel like that's the case. Um, I, I, you know. Here's my question for yeah. you, Brian. What, what does he need the R for then? Yeah, um, I there's really no way for me to kind of defend the R rating. I think it's kind of maybe the point of him just asking for it to see if he could get it. Like, is he 100% saying – is there a quote? I mean, because none of this has been confirmed either. Like, this is all, like, rumors. But, okay, it, it would have to be hyper-violence then, right? Like, Yeah, yeah I, I don't I, – I agree with you that he's a fan. Yeah. He's not, he's not going to come in and – F-bomb, 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 you know, inward, 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 all over Star Trek. Right. Yeah, like like, just, like Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson's going to be, you know, at the <laughs> helm of the Enterprise. <laughs> Let's kill these motherfuckers now, you know? <laughs> like, like, these mother... Let's kill these motherfucking Klingons on this motherfucking ship. Okay, <laughs> that, that snake's on a plane. Yeah. If, if, it came out that, if it came out that Samuel Jackson is going to be the new captain of, yeah. of an Enterprise, I am fucking in all day. <laughs> amazing. Oh, man. Uh, oh, man. I want to miss the villain, whoever that's going to be. Cap- that, be <laughs> Captain Captain Jackie Brown. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could see that from Tarantino, a strong female captain. I could see that really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of the few. Uh, how was how how Jackie Brown received? Because I love that movie. I love Jackie Brown too, but it was poorly received because it was the movie that came out after Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yeah, I loved that movie. Oh, so, it's fantastic! It has yeah. a fantastic soundtrack, great performances. Robert Forrester is amazing in it. Was that the oh, one man. that um, Christina Applegate was in? 
Was she in that Ooh, one? I don't think she's in it. I don't who think was Bridget that? Fonda's in it. Robert Bridget Zero. Fonda. That's who it was. Yeah. 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 I love it. It's that the movie. only time Robert De Niro's ever smoked pot in his entire life. Tarantino <laughs> refused to let it. Refused to let him smoke the fake stuff and said if they were going to shoot the scene and do it, that him and Bridget had to smoke the real thing. Oh, that's amazing. Right. So it's the, in that movie is the only time you'll ever see Robert De Niro getting high. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, Clayton. It's funny if you watch it in that aspect, too, because De Niro is really goofy in that scene. Clayton, what <laughs> I'm are you. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. <laughs> Clayton, what are your thoughts on a uh, Tarantino Star Trek? I'm just would would it be more of like a dark, dark humor, dark uh, plot, like with with uh, with Tarantino? Would it be? <laughs> it have to be right. What, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I that that I I I kind of would like not to have that because I don't know. I just feel like Star Trek's more of a uh, like kind of like a known. Franchise that everyone knows that's been kind of not. Mm, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm not sure about this. <laughs> uh, I, there's, I, I, there's part of me. Okay, I want think about it this way, guys. All right, there's someone. I think that there's like you know, in 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 an alternate universe, there's a world that there's there's a there's a alternate universe out there where people got to see uh, Superman lives. With Nicolas Cage, oh god, you know oh, Tim Burton, yeah. yeah, the Tim Burton film. Like, there's there's an alternate universe that's parallel to ours, where those where those people that live on that planet got to see that fucking movie. All right, and there's also there's also an alternate universe where the people got to see Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly in Back to the Future. All right, this movie should not happen, which is exactly why yeah. it fucking <laughs> needs to happen. Right? Oh, man. <laughs> Come on. Part of the world where it's Tom Selleck is Indiana Jones. Yes. I still really want to see that. Absolutely. I, I, want, to, I want to see Christopher Walken as Han Solo. I want to see. Ooh. I want to see Kurt Russell as Han Solo. Oh, that, I see that, that would that would totally work. Yeah. Imagine Christopher Walken as Han Solo. How? What the fuck? Oh my god! We'd be talking happen? about. Oh my god! <laughs> you can't play Jack Burton and Han Solo. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I'm going to Tupperware this Tarantino Star Trek stuff, though. I, You know what? I'm going to give Tarantino the benefit of the doubt. Like, I think he probably came up with a really good science fiction conceit. And if he brought it to J.J. Abrams, and J.J. Abrams didn't just laugh over coffee, and instead he went to Paramount with it, then I'm going to give Tarantino the benefit of the doubt that J.J. Abrams sees that he's not trying to just shit all over Star Trek 2, and that there might be really something interesting going on here. Yeah, so, I mean, if, it, if anything, Quentin, we know Quentin's a fantastic writer, and he's a brilliant director. Yeah, you know, I, I, for one, I, for one, 100% want to see the Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie, and will be very disappointed after all this buzz if it gets said that it's all just a pipe dream. I want it to. I do. This, this, sounds, this sounds like, even if it's a fucking train wreck, it's a train wreck I want to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, re- I really want it one way or another. I'll even take it if he doesn't direct it, even if it's just his idea and him helping with the screenplay. Uh, I would prefer it to be all him, but I'll take it any way I can get it. I want him to direct it. I have no problem with Mark L. Smith writing the screenplay. Just, you know, I want him to I like the the writer's room that he's kind of assembling here and and it sounds like 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 you said, Jake, he he took it to Abrams 
Adram. I, and I, I'm, there's probably got to be some level of respect there between the two directors, of course. But I yeah, mean, Abrams isn't going to take bullshit to Paramount, right? Yeah, agreed. I mean, I absolutely, and I don't think Tarantino's going to give him going to give some crazy fucking idea for. It's just not going to be like you said, Jake. Like f bombs, you know, and you know slurs the entire movie. Yeah, so. I mean, it's a comedy goldmine. We can make jokes. Sure. About the yeah. Oh yeah. Star Trek will be all day long, but I think at the end of the day, this this movie is going to get some respect if it gets made. Yeah. Okay. So what? I mean, it does it take place in the prime universe? Like, where where is this story? I mean, do we do we know anything? Yeah, that's hard pressed. Have you heard the? Have you read the article that? Um, Patrick Stewart would be willing to yes, return it. I did. Yep. I did. I would I mean, love that. Brings, yeah, that brings into question. I mean, that makes me think they would have to make it take place in, you know, as far in the future as we've seen, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I but that I mean that's just that's just Patrick Stewart getting, you know, talking to somebody, some interviewer. Hey, have you heard about the Tarantino thing? Would you come back for it? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's we don't even know what Tarantino's <laughs> idea is for the for the film. N- neither did the interviewer who talked to Patrick Stewart. So, after that, I want to see the David Fincher Star Trek movie, but the the really gritty murder, be good stuff, right? Uh, yeah, I want to see the Tom. I want to see the Tommy Wiseau Star Trek movie. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, Dan, we totally forgot to talk about that. We got to talk about um, that. I was going to bring that up, actually. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that after we get done with this news, but we totally forgot to talk about that. So that's what, they, that's what they should do with Star Trek, I think, from now on, is just let some uber-famous director jump on every movie and give his interpretation of it. Mm. <laughs> what they're doing now sure ain't working. That's true. It's true. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan in the direction that it's been going, especially in the movies, or I, I dropped off Discovery, which... I mean, maybe I should drop back. Maybe I should jump back into it. I don't know if it got any better or not, but I was starting to get dis- disappointed with the last couple episodes. So, um, yeah, it seems like Orville is the best Star Trek show on, from what everyone says. It's fantastic. It's so good. It's so fucking good. I love it. It's so good. It's everything that uh, Discovery should be. It's crazy how good that fucking show is. So. I don't know. Uh, Clayton, you don't sound too too thrilled for this idea. I can totally understand why you would feel that way. But, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I love Star Trek, but it's it, this is one of those things where I'm just thinking, it's fucking Tarantino. It's Star Trek. Why the fuck not? Let's do this. Let's see, let's see what you got. <laughs> it might grow on me when it, when, when it comes closer to it. Yeah. But right now, I'm just like, I'm fine with what we have now. I mean, unless I'm just not knowing if I don't know much too much about Tarantino to really say much. So maybe I'm just too uh into the whole uh, I guess you can say the uh I don't know. I, I'm just not I'm just I'm just not looking forward to it. You've not seen too many Quentin Tarantino movies, Clayton? No, I've seen Django Unchained, of course. I've um I saw Pulp Fiction when I was younger, when, uh, not younger, but like when I was, uh, able to see it without my parents, uh, checking over my back. <laughs> yeah. They're just not the big, not the biggest fan, huh? You should, yeah. Watching Pulp Fiction as an adult is a completely different experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, oh, God. Reservoir Dogs is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I pretty I like the majority of his movies. I, the only film I did not like was uh, Inglorious Bastards. That's it for me. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Django fan, but I don't dislike. Him. Oh, I love Django. I love Django. Anyway, all right, moving on. Dan, let's talk about this. Uh, we forgot to talk about it in Good Pop, Bad Pop. That's my fault. <laughs> uh, but uh, I went out and saw the Disaster Artist, and uh, you saw the Disaster Artist. This is the. Uh, James Franco directed film uh, where he plays Tommy Wiseau, uh, the director of The Room, a film that he had to fund himself because nobody else in Hollywood would hire Tommy Wiseau uh, as an actor, director, anything. And so he made his own movie. Uh, Greg Sestero, an aspiring actor, meets the weird and mysterious Tommy Wiseau in an acting class. They form a unique friendship and travel to Hollywood to make their dreams come true. It stars James Franco. It's directed by James Franco. And it's got an insane cast. I mean, you've got the, the, the cast in this. Dave Franco, Seth Rogen, Paul Scheer, Hannibal Buress, Nathan Fielder. Um, fuck, I can keep going. I mean, it's just, just an insane ensemble cast in this one. So, uh, Zach Efron's in this. Uh, I mean, who else? I mean, Dan, who else is in this thing? Who else am I missing? Uh, oh, you put me on the spot, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> go, Dan, go! <laughs> I think, I think, you, I think you got them all. I covered Bob it. Bob Odenkirk? Huh? Odenkirk's in it? Who? Bob Odenkirk? Yeah, yeah, Odenkirk's in this for a split second. Yeah, and uh, and the guy the guy that actually um, Greg he's in it as well. He does a bit part, and Tommy Wiseau's in it as well. He has a bit part. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and oh, oh my god! I just seen Tom Franco is in this as well. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, another Franco. Wow. Oh, Adam Scott, J.J. Abrams, Jesus Christ! Oh yeah, at the very beginning. Yeah, Judd Apatow. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Do they play themselves? Those kind of people? Some. Yeah. Some do at the beginning, and then throughout the movie, like Nathan Fielder plays a character Peter, and so it just depends on like you know, you know Seth Rogen. I think you know like uh, Paul Shear plays like the DP in the film, and so okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Can I ask you a question before we get into it? Um, How many showings uh, was there like in the US and around your area? Oh man, I had to go. I had to drive forty five minutes away to find a theater playing it. Yeah, because we had on literally like on the first day it came out over here, um, we only have one cinema within driving distance, which isn't like sort of hours and hours away from where I live. Yeah, and they had on the, literally on the first day that it came out, they had one showing, and I think it's just got one showing, and that is in the smallest screen as well that they do in the cinema. Oh wow! And yeah, and it, it's it's one showing like every single time i think there might be a couple which are like on a friday or a saturday where there's two or three hmm. but apart from that it's just got one showing a day until it's out oh like, no it's, see it's out of the cinema it's only one theater in the area here but it they're showing it like 10 times a day and it's also in imax wow yeah well, okay. Well, obviously, like the UK, the UK distributors didn't have much uh, faith in this when they fucking should have. Uh, yeah, tell me, what do you think, man? I I tupperware this. I it was I, I've watched the room, um, probably like a week ago or something. I've I've always known about the room, but I've never actually got round to seeing it. Yeah. And um, so I, I I watched it about a week before I saw the disaster artist, and it was it wasn't what I expected it to be. Those trailers they were super funny. Um, and, you know, I, I love all the sort of, like, James Franco, Seth Rogen movies like Pineapple Express and all that sort of stuff. So I figured it would have kind of a similar tone to that. But this was not like that at all. It was 
it's, it's a biopic, basically. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? Like about Tommy Wiseau, but yeah, like I, like a couple of weeks ago, I talked about uh, Jim Carrey, Man on the Moon. You know that documentary. Yeah. Like this, like I think James Franco gave the the same method acting, same performance that Jim Carrey brought to the character of uh, uh, Andy Kaufman, and it, that 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 Franco did to Tommy Wiseau here. Yeah. It was scary, and it was yeah. funny, actually, because as you're watching it, you're kind of thinking <laughs> there's parts where you go, oh, he's not like that. Like, Tommy, well, like when I watched The Room, I was like, that's not how that scene went, and, you know, his voice is a bit off or whatever, and he yeah. doesn't seem like he's quite got the character. And then, I mean, are we going to spoil this, or? That, yeah, that's. I mean, if you've seen The Room, that's fine. I mean, yeah, go ahead. I mean, that's fine. I was, was going to say, if you're going to watch this, Stay right till the very, very end of this film. After all the credits, go, yes. the post credit scene actually has James Franco up against Tommy Wiseau, and they're both being themselves, basically. <laughs> and it is eerie to watch, because the, the performance that James Franco gives is unfucking believable uh-huh. It is so accurate. I loved it when they showed the side-by-side. Yes, yeah, that as yeah. well, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and they put my favorite scene in there as well, where he goes and buys the flowers. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I love it You're when my the... my favorite customer, Tommy. I know, thanks, bye. Well, I love it when she says, I love it, and they did this in the fucking movie, because you think it to yourself when you watch it at home, when she says, uh... Oh, I didn't. I didn't know it was you. It's like oh, yeah. I just <laughs> recognize you, dude. He he comes in looking like he looks like fucking like a vampire. How do you not recognize him? Oh hi, doggy. <laughs> oh hi, doggy. <laughs> oh, I love it. But what, what I was gonna say was it's totally different to to what I expected to be. Yeah. But because Tommy Wiseau is so strange and so weird and so mysterious, yeah, it's really interesting. But it's done seriously but because the everything that they did like the the situation they were in and the film they were making are so weird and funny yeah it's like this weird crazy like biopic comedy because the you know making the room they show like whole scenes about how they film the room and actually the scenes themselves and they are spot on recreations and they're just absolutely hilarious oh yeah tupperware all day i absolutely love this film yeah what about you man i i loved it man i loved it tupperware all day it was absolutely fantastic i mean you know they uh the art theater um which is pretty close to me they've been playing the room all week at 10 o'clock at night so like yeah so um you know and you know i've seen the room i've seen riff tracks do the room i've watched the room on my own and it it is it's one of those movies where it's i was trying to i was trying to explain it to my mom like because she had seen like the movie had come out and i was trying to explain it to her like what this movie is and i told her i said mom do you remember american idol how you and dad used to watch that all the time She's like, yeah. And I go, do you remember that one, uh, the Asian singer that was so bad? His last name was like Hung. What was his name? Oh, yeah. I forget. The She Bangs guy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, do you remember him and how, like, famous he got because he was so terrible at singing? And my mom was like, yeah. I go, well, this is the same same thing, basically, but this guy <laughs> made a movie. And uh, I just find – I, I find Tommy Wise so fascinating as well. And I find him even more fascinating having watched this movie. Like, it, yeah. like you know, like 
this guy that made this movie. I mean, like, Dan, you're like wondering, like, where does he come from? And like, where did the money come from? And like, I mean, he dropped five, over five million. They said maybe six million dollars into this movie. Yeah, that's the one thing that I've always wondered. Yeah. How, how the hell did he finance it? And I, I mean, he's got to come from old money, right? That's what I think as well, man. I think he's some sort of like Eastern European like royalty yeah. or something like that. That's yeah. what I personally think. But I would fucking hate it for it to come out that they find out who he is and then it's some sort of fucking like nefarious way that he got his money, like he's a, a drug runner or some shit like that. Uh, but but he's all but that's the thing about him, he's all about like positivity yeah, and you know, yeah. and, like friendship and love. So I'm I'm hoping that that's not like where he's coming from. The movie but, the movie movie really starts to paint him as a villain and i was like i was wondering like how at the you know at the beginning there, there's the, of course there's a redemption arc okay but i'm just saying like at the beginning they, it really paints him as a villain and i'm thinking to myself like when i can't believe Tommy Wiseau is actually involved in the production of this you know yeah. and, and would and would like lend himself to james franco but like I, james franco is a fan of the room like he is literally obsessed with the movie. He's watched it millions of times. Like, James Franco loves the movie. So I think, like, he wanted to show that side of Tommy Wiseau. The, the side of Tommy Wiseau, like, that broke down when they were, like, making the actual movie. The side of him that felt like he was being, like, shit on by everyone. The side of him that, like, made him act out while they were filming it, you know? I I thought I thought he did Tommy Wiseau justice uh, at the very end of this movie. I loved it. It's, it's so good. I... And it wasn't just played for laughs. There were times where, like, people were laughing in my audience, and that was fine that they were laughing. But I was actually kind of like, I felt bad for the guy. So, I don't know. Yeah, you do, man. It, it does, it, you know, like you said, it paints him. It's so clever. It paints him as a villain yeah. and a hero yeah. and, like, a tragic character and, and ultimately just a human being, you know. And yeah. he just want, he, all he wanted was to be accepted. By yeah. people around him. It's, and it's kind of fucked up though, Dan, right? It's like part of me wants to think of him as like the Rudy Tom – not Rudy Tom Jonovich, but the Rudy Rudovich or whatever his name was from like the Rudy film, the football, the Notre Dame film. I it, haven't seen that. Oh, OK. Oh, yeah. It's American football. You're like, fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> Sean, Sean Astin, right? Sean Astin, yeah. Uh, th- basically, that's a movie where this kid that has really not a lot of talent when it comes to football, but he has all the heart in the world – you know, he, right. he gets to, you know, play one game and he, and you know, he, it, it's an amazing story. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that's what this is. That's what this is. Tommy Wiseau is like, you know, he's got all the heart in the world, but he doesn't have the talent. But on the flip side, it's like, he's also got all the money in the world, apparently. So it really does. The guy at the bank said, like when Seth Rogen yeah. goes to cash his first check, the guy said, he like looks at the account and he goes, whoa. Yeah. And he's like, oh, it cleared? And he said, yeah, it cleared. He's like, and he was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And he said, so what's going on over there? And he said, it's like a bottomless pit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a bottomless wow. pit. This yeah, account. Exactly, man. Yeah. It's fucking, it's crazy. It's, it's great. Absolutely, it's, 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 brilliantly directed yeah. brilliantly written it's like nothing that you would expect it to be coming yeah. from like the room and it's based on a book that was written by the the actor that is greg um uh greg so sestero yeah so he wrote a book called the disaster artist yeah and it's about his time on set like on the room and uh, I watched an interview with James Franco and Tommy Wiseau. I, I think it's Kimmel. I'm not too sure. But um, 
Tommy Wiseau said that the movie is 99.9% accurate, wow. even though it's based on a book, which he personally said is only 40% accurate. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and apparently that that 0.1%, because Franco asked him, he goes, he said, so what's the 0.1% that you didn't like, or you said it, that isn't true? And he said it was the lighting at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> oh, God. He's just—he's such a fucking interesting person, that isn't I mean, he? It yeah. Just, it comes back to that whole like, you know. I mean, he's a recent example, like Lady Gaga or something. You know, before everyone like knew who she was and where she came from and all that sort of stuff, everyone was obsessed with her. But like Tommy Wiseau, no one fucking knows who he is or where he got his money still. And he's kept that mystique, and that just makes this whole story even more interesting. Yeah, I think, like, Greg Zestero said, like, his sister, like, came across some paperwork that shows that he's from somewhere, like, in Eastern Europe or something, and he's maybe spent some time in France or something. But, like, other than that, nobody knows, like, how, and he might be, he might have been born in 1956 or 58. Like, but, yeah. but they don't know. Like, nobody knows. Nobody knows. That's bizarre. This yeah. movie sounds fantastic. You guys are really convincing me to want to see it. I, I can't help but think of Ed Wood when you describe it, though. Like, that kind of biopic. But it seems like it's much more mysterious than that. It is, man. It's, it's more kind of... It's very, like... It's super realistic. It really is. And it's it's not like... Like I was saying earlier, it's not that kind of, like... You know, slapstick hammed... Comedy. Yeah, hammed up slapstick comedy that we're yeah. used to these guys doing. It, it's really well done. And I can't remember who it was. Someone said... Oh, I can't remember who it was. Someone asked me, do you think that Franco's going to get an Oscar nod for this? And I don't think he will because, like, Hollywood and the Academy fucking hates Tommy Wiseau. You know, they, they like, rejected him. And that is, like, what this... That's why The Room got made, and that's what this movie is about. Yeah. Like, they, they don't want anything to do with him. Yeah. Yeah. But it seems like this movie, like, is the thing that they could accept, because it's almost about the rejection, you know? Yeah. The performances are there, whether you like it or not, you know? Yeah, and fuck me, what a performance. James Franco absolutely kills this movie. Yeah. It's so good. It's, 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 it is. It's unreal. I mean, it's... I've heard that uh, they basically shot most of the room, the film, the actual film, like shot for shot. And so hopefully I'm hoping when this comes out on Blu-ray that that'll be like something we'll be able to see. I would love to watch like the Franco version of the room, just like the whole film. That would wow. be absolutely amazing. Yeah. See, what Brian was saying earlier is that after like the original, like the first credits, there's a mid-credits scene where they have a scene that Franco and his team have filmed from the room, side by side with the actual footage from the room, and most of them are just like, they are completely identical. Yeah. They're like, oh, it, and that's the cool thing. I mean, Jake, if you do want to see this, I would suggest that you watch the room first yes. if you haven't seen it. Yes. Okay. It's about okay. it's about an hour and forty, I think, yeah. long, and you can find it on YouTube. Dude, I so. love just the stock footage of San Francisco that they just oh. he just <laughs> randomly throws into fucking. Right, <laughs> it's just like what the fuck? Yeah, we get it. You're in San Francisco. It's just so everything about it, like the original, is just it's so insane. The, 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 the breast cancer, the breast cancer part <laughs> with the mom that never comes back. <laughs> 
fucking... This, like this is the results from the test back. Yeah, oh, yeah. It turns out I have breast cancer. Yeah, and I'm... <laughs> and her daughter doesn't even react. She just drinks tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so damn good. Oh, my God. Oh. The, the pillow fighting is just weird. Uh, I, I, what I always, like, I was kind of like... And I wish they would have talked about this more. It was, like, his obsession with throwing the football around from, like, oh, five feet yes. away from each other. Yeah, yeah, the football, which yeah. is in like probably half the movie. It is. Like, oh my so god! They're just they're just throwing a football like in a room, which <laughs> is about <laughs> like three meters by three meters, <laughs> all in like in the alleyway. There's yeah. like five of them playing football, and they're literally just chucking it to each other, and they're about three feet away from each other. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, oh it's so great! Such a great movie. I Tupperware it all the way. So. Yeah, two two fantastic movies right there that people need to check out. All right, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's move on into uh, Marvel news. Marvel News. All right. Kevin Feige confirmed that John Watts will return to direct Spider-Man Homecoming 2. Uh, Jake, how do you feel about that? Uh, I, I Kind of nothing, really. I feel zero emotion from that news. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would, the Homecoming wasn't by any means my favorite thing ever. I didn't hate it, but yeah. It didn't really knock me out of my socks, so I just yeah. feel like it's going to be more of the same if it's more of the same director. So Clayton, I don't know. I'm, oh yeah, go, yeah. So you're just kind of like meh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Clayton, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm kind of meh too. I liked Homecoming. It's just there were some things that hit were hit or miss for me, but uh, yeah, good. If you I were to, if you were to rate Homecoming, what would your rating be? Uh, it's not a trick question, Clayton. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I'd say I'd taste it. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, Dan. You yeah, you love, love this tough- fucking movie, didn't you? I do. Yeah, I Tupperware it, man. Yeah, Jesus. even though I slept through half the show that you guys were reviewing it on. Um, yeah, I Tupperware that and. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Oh, bring it on. You no, you you that that can mean two different things because you literally did sleep through most of the review, but <laughs> you probably slept through our first part because you didn't agree with our thoughts on the film. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah everything to... you guys hated I thought was brilliant. And I also didn't see the problems that you saw. But, you know, I was in I was in the major minority on that one. Because we had Ryan as well with us, didn't we? So, yeah, Oh, sorry. yeah. I forgot I, I forgot who we had on that episode with us. Yeah, it was Ryan from the Slubs. He high-tasted it. I think you guys tasted it. Yeah, we tasted right? it. Yeah, and I, I tupperware it. And yeah. I, I blew my fucking mind coming halfway through and seeing, seeing that you guys just tasted it. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think that's great news, man. I, I love, I love the first one. So, um, it's probably my second favorite Spider-Man movie after Spider-Man 2. And, uh, yeah, bring it on. Alright. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm right there with, I don't, I don't give a shit. I'm not excited. <laughs> <laughs> Like I honestly, I would have been like, dude, I would have been, I would have flipped my fucking shit if they would have been like, ah, you know what, we've we've, uh, 
you know, we've kissed and made up. Edgar Wright's going to direct Spider-Man Homecoming too. I'd have been like, yes, fucking A. Well, that would have been good. Cause, yeah, uh, yeah, even Dan would have cheered that. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely. we saw – it was nice. I saw a picture of Taika Waititi and Edgar Wright together. And I was just like, oh, man, I, I would love to be – you know, fly on the wall listening to them talk about their experiences with Marvel together. You know, I would, you know, because like Taika apparently had a great experience with Marvel. And of course, we all know what happened with Edgar, right? So it's like, uh, just, I don't know. I would love, I would <laughs> not, just, not so much. Yeah. I, I would, yeah. I would love to, I would love to hear that, you know, a candid conversation between those two. Not, not, not being asked by an interviewer like what they think about Marvel. I would love to just hear what those two have to say about the company. Yeah together it makes it makes you wonder like what the difference was because thor ragnarok is so different yeah. from any of the other thor movies and basically any other marvel movie bar probably guardians so it makes you wonder why edgar had to leave like what were they trying to make him do well they made it they, god they made him wait too long number one i mean like that movie was supposed to come out way earlier it was supposed yeah. to come out way earlier and yeah. um it's probably the like add the modern stuff that didn't exist when you first wrote the screenplay. Yeah. It's like, well, now that it's coming out now, you need to have a, some kind of an Avengers presence. And he yeah. was probably like, fuck all that noise. Yeah, and I don't blame him. <laughs> I don't blame him. It should have been more of a bottle movie. I mean, look what happened with Iron Man 2. You know, look what happened, you know, with some uh, with John Favreau. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. And they were like, you know, we want Ant Man versus Falcon, and he was like, I'm the fuck out of here. Yeah. I mean, it, that's all just speculation. Yeah. But. Yeah. Sure. No. Yeah. You're right. Um. Let's see here. Uh. Omega Underground had a rumor about a possible character who might show up in the film, and um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it, but I posted it on the Pop Culture Leftovers Facebook page. It is a uh, looks like it's an audition video. For Gwen Stacy, Ooh. and it's not to that well again. Yeah, let me go ahead and read this from Omega Underground, and I posted the video on uh, Pop Culture Leftovers Facebook page. Uh, but the article says we are back with what happens to be a leaked audition tape from an unknown French actress by the stage name of Luna auditioning for the role of Gwen Stacy. Obviously, many remember Gwen Stacy, played by Emma Stone, and Bryce Dallas Howard is typically depicted as a blonde-haired, blue-eyed American love interest in Peter Parker's life. However, if we are to base the possible inclusion of this character based on the audition tape, Marvel Studios may end up changing up the character's origin by making her a foreign exchange student from Europe, possibly being born in France or even Russia, then transferring to Peter's school. The reason behind our assumption is because we have already seen director John Watts change both MJ, uh, Zendaya, and Ned Leeds, uh, Jacob Batalon, ethnicity for the original film, with Ned now being depicted as an Hawaiian-American teenager as opposed to a blonde-haired Caucasian male, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of MJ played by Zendaya as an ethnically mixed love interest as compared to her typical red-haired Caucasian counterpart in the comics. This also means we may get an origin change for Captain George Stacy as well if this pans out. So, um, is it 100% confirmed that Zendaya was was MJ? No, I thought that was kind of a little cheeky nod-wink thing. I yeah. didn't think it was like, she's Mary Jane from the yeah, comics. Right. We might not get a Mary Jane from the comics. So, Dan, how'd you interpret that? 
Me, I, no, like the the last sort of like what ten fifteen minutes of the movie. She said her friends called her MJ. The character's name is Michelle. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So she's yeah. she's not MJ as you know Mary Jane as we know her, but it could just be you know a kind of a nod, I suppose. And she like we said on the Spider Man Homecoming episode, she's nothing like MJ. She's almost the polar opposite you know insular and keeps away from people she's not like this kind of you know like spunky go-getter that's like a, almost like a socialite or anything so yeah there's just it just seems different um but it, and this is one of the problems that i had with homecoming is we need to see what they do going forward as to how they bring like mj into like you know number two and the more we find out about her but it, she's not the same damn character yeah just isn't it? One of the many problems Dan had with Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking too, dude. Yeah, all, 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 two, all two of them. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that made me lose my train of thought. The uh, uh, Stacy, though, yeah. that's like that's my favorite Russian name, by the way. Before I, <laughs> <laughs> or, or French, or French yeah. name. Yeah, it's a good uh, one. I want. Yeah, it's like there. It's a it's a video off of uh, Vimeo. And I was I was thinking to myself like is this just a way for this girl's agent to like bring attention to her as an actress? <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, because like it's it's making headlines and it worked. Yeah, yeah. But she looks nothing like Gwen Stacy. She sounds nothing like you know. I mean, she sounds very very French, and and also she's brunette. She's not she's not blonde. So. Can you tell she's French because of her ridiculous French accent? Yeah, it's 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 very and and Captain Stacy, the guy the guy reading lines for Captain Stacy, which is not an actor, of course, it's probably just you know somebody, you know that's there for the audition. But like he's he's French as well, so yeah. Um, would you guys see it as a problem if they cast her as Gwen Stacy? For you, um, I don't like the whole. That doesn't really bother me who they cast. It just seems like. Why not just do a different character? I, I don't understand any of that stuff with the Spider-Man thing. Spider-Man's always been a player. He, 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 there's all kinds of women. Why are we using the same three women? Yeah, true. Over and over again. Yeah. I mean, so, as far as Gwen goes, like, nothing in her character kind of, you know, it, it doesn't need to be American at all. So... Uh, I'm not. I'm not really bothered by it, but I do think that you hit the nail on the head there, which is that they're just trying to uh, raise this girl's profile more. Yeah, 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 and I totally get it. It's not like when you open up like a, a comic book that has Gwen Stacy. It's not like she's waving the American flag. You know what I mean? She's yeah. not. It's my, it, my problem is that they they're calling her Gwen Stacy just to telegraph that they're going to kill her. Then that's stupid. Yeah, that yeah. is dumb. We've already seen it done once in the movies. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing, like, I think Mark Webb did a great job with that scene in Amazing Spider-Man 2. One of the, one of the scenes yeah. that really, I think, that hit, I mean. I agree. I was yeah. shocked. Yeah. It was yeah. a ballsy move, and I, I applaud that part of it. Yeah. So. Yeah, when it, when she hit her head, I was just oh, like, God. oh, yeah. man. Oh, man. Like, it's, you know, like, the, 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 the web snapped, and then she hit her head. Oh. Yeah, that, that, dude. Ugh. I don't want to fucking see that shit again either, right? <laughs> I don't either. No, no. Yeah, it's no. like how many times do you want to watch? Hey, Brian. Hey, uh, uh, <laughs> you want to watch Passion of the Christ tonight? 
No. <laughs> I don't want to watch Passion of the... I saw it once. I don't need to see it again. Oh, hey, hey, tell you what. We're double feature Passion of the Christ and Schindler's List. Oh, fuck you. Jeez. <laughs> you know, it's like... I mean, I don't need to see this again. I don't need to see Gwen Stacy dying again, right? Yeah, I agree. That, that's <laughs> kind of my disgust with the whole thing is like, yeah. why just do go the Gwen Stacy route again? Right. Yeah. Let's bring in another. Uh, let's bring in a new girl to kill. Right. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I've this... been wanting to see him get it on with like Betty Brandt this entire time. I want to see that that action. Haven't they? Haven't have, have they teased her in any of the films? Ramy Ramy had a Betty Brandt. Yeah, they were, yeah. They were kind of flirtatious. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, but they never went full on with it. Right. I ship it. Uh, how, many, how many love interests does us he have? Oh, quite a few. I'm more than you can count on two hands. Okay. Right. I'm not crazy saying this. Peter Parker's always been a player with a ton of different girls. <laughs> that he, I oh, mean, yeah. like he, the whole Mary Jane marriage was a long time, but yeah. before and after that, it's woman after woman right yeah absolutely yeah they could bring in they could bring in a, a ton of different characters I, I mean i'm sure if you googled like peter parker love interest it'd come up with at least 15 names boom, boom, boom. he's even a player with like superheroes and stuff right like an ultimate universe he was getting it on with shadow cat he was kind of dating captain marvel in the 616 i believe yeah yeah so he's a player wow yeah it's just i don't, I don't know if they want to go like that, that route with you know, somebody that's playing a 16-year-old boy right now? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I, I, but, but, but I know teenage boys. Girls, though, yeah. I know, teenage. Exactly. But I don't, it's not, I don't think they're going to, I think they should introduce maybe the different, the different love interest every movie. That'd be kind of cool. That's that's totally what a teenage boy is, you know. Yeah, and he fucks it up every time. Yeah, exactly. Um, news from Screen Rant kind of confirms uh, our theory from our last week's episode about Loki and the Infinity War. Uh, their article said, during an appearance at Brazil's Comic-Con event, Marvel Studios boss Kevin Feige confirmed that Loki aligns with Thanos in Avengers Infinity War. So last week I basically, I said that. I said like, I think that he's fucking him over and I think that he's actually going to be like, you know, he could be the right-hand man of Thanos in that film. So yeah, um, you called this way back in our Thor Ragnarok review, I believe. Yeah. Honestly, uh, article goes on to say this isn't entirely surprising, as the hotly anticipated Infinity War trailer confirmed that Loki had in fact swiped the Tesseract before Surtur laid waste to both Asgard and Hela at the end of Thor Ragnarok, where one seeking to achieve Thanos's favor. There would likely no more direct route than presenting the Mad Titan with an artifact of such immense power. So, yeah, it's it looks like it's pretty much confirmed from Kevin Feige that Loki is going to be, uh, you know, a lot of people were hoping that Loki had maybe changed his ways, but of course Loki's a fucking weasel. So. Including me, man. I'm, I'm very disappointed. <laughs> really? Yeah, man. I want to cheer Loki. I want him to make that full-on face turn. Oh he's man, now he's got he's he's got to be that asshole, right? I want to buy those Loki T-shirts and chant Loki's name. I'm tired of doing <laughs> This is what makes me cheer for Loki. Is this shit? <laughs> uh, you don't think the face thing would work? It wouldn't be any fun at all anymore. He's no. only good as a heel. No, I mean you, you you've got you've got Starscream, Loki, and. Uh, 
Those are my heels, man. They got to stay heels. Yeah, every once in a while they're they're going to trick you and you're going to think that they're going to turn things around and shit. But no, no, they're they're fucking. Ragnarok did a fun job of it though. He was being the face and he was still like being snarky and Loki and being a glory. I know, and that Infinity War is all about pulling the rug right out from under you, Jake. Yeah, that's good shit, man. That's good shit. That's that's Loki, man. He's a trickster. Uh, let's see here. Oh, also, uh, we talked about this scene in the uh, Infinity War trailer. Uh, the uh, scene of Thor in that ring holding the levers. Remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole rumor behind that scene is uh, that's rumored to possibly be a scene of Thor forging his new weapon. It's apparently believed to be uh, a solar forge. And in the movies, it's been said that Mjolnir was, quote, forged in the heart of a dying star. So this could be a scene of uh, Thor forging his new weapon, whether that be a new Mjolnir or whether it be an axe. Um, <laughs> the way those levers are, though, it's kind of hilarious. It's kind of ridiculous. It's like a giant yeah. cosmic crane game is what I imagine now. Like. On the other side is like a thin glass-like case full of like different mythical weapons that Thor's trying to get. No, no, that's that's eh, all you, buddy. Um. <laughs> it's weird though, right? You think that you would you'd think that you would forge a weapon with precision, right? Like it doesn't seem like there's much precision involved in like whatever survivor challenge he's trying to do there. I think <laughs> I think it's it's like. Uh, Forged in the heart of it. Maybe he's applying like he's pulling on it, applying pressure or something. I I don't know. It it's 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 the strength of a god is is required to make it. I don't know. There's been rumors that Dinklage is going to be Itri, the blacksmith of the dwarves. Um, There was that rumor that he was going to be in this film too. I don't know if there's going to be a scene of. Of him instructing Thor on how to make this, so I don't know. I was gonna say Thor's not a fucking blacksmith, so surely he won't be able to make his own hammer. Right? Yeah, that's why he's got the crane game going. <laughs> I'm hoping for Stormbreaker. That's what I want. I want to see Stormbreaker. I, yeah, you got to think, Dan. I think you're right, and I, I honestly, I do. I think you're onto something here. I feel like, I feel like all of our heroes that we're seeing in these films. Every time we see them, they look different now. You know, of course, you know, Tony gets new suits and things like that. And, like, Thor's got – he's missing a fucking eye. But, like, you know, they also like to sell figures and toys. So I think I think absolutely we'll see we'll see Thor with a new weapon going forward. And I, I, I think that that means that we could see – I'm not saying that we won't see Mjolnir re, uh, reforged again. But it also yeah. could be Valkyrie being our next Thor picking up the hammer and being worthy. We might get unworthy Thor for all we know, which will be interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, that is cool. Hey, hey, Dan, this would be a good time to uh, bring up our bet so we're forced to pay off each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Go for it, dude. Oh, you, yeah, you go for it. Well, I we had a conversation on the Leftover Army page as to why Cap, can Cap lift Mollier or not? Is he worthy or not? So, basically, some of us said that he, he can't, that he just budged it, and then as a few of us said, it's a yes or no answer. So, and a bunch of us, because he budged it, it means he can pick it up, but he didn't do it to, you know, not embarrass Thor or whatever the hell reason it was. I personally think he didn't lift it 
because he knew that he could because then he could pull it out of his pocket later on and he could surprise everyone and fuck someone up with Molnir. So I, I think that if we get Stormbreaker, that in Infinity War Part 1 or Part 2, that Cap will wield the hammer and beat the shit out of some people with it. And the bet is, if it happens in Part... Uh, if it happens in part one, Jake owes me $10. And if it happens in part three, Jake owes me five. But if it doesn't happen in either, then I owe Jake 10. Yeah, there we go. I guess it's easy <laughs> money for Jake. Right <laughs> and, and Jake, Jake said the best thing that would happen is if it happened in five. Because, then, <laughs> because no, then I said I wanted, the cli- I wanted the cliffhanger at the end of Avengers 4 of a will cap or won't cap pick, be able to pick up the hammer. <laughs> yeah. I think they kind of find out that he does. I think they kind of. For me, I think I think it would be awesome payoff if Cap would would pick up the hammer. But on the flip side, like in my opinion, they kind of ruined it when they let the Vision do it. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. No, no, nobody should have been able to pick it up. Right. Like throughout this whole thing, yeah, we've seen it. The joke is over. The cool scene of like Vision using it and beating the fuck out of all those. Ultron drones and things. Yeah. It's not. It's it's not going to be like that much of a surprise anymore. But, but I'm with I'm with you, Dan. Crazy. Like when I saw that scene where he tried to lift it and it did move a little bit, yeah. I was thinking like because you could see like the look of relief on Thor's face. He was worried, you know. <laughs> he was shitting himself. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like he was worried. Like and I think Cap could have picked it up at that point in time, and I think Cap knows it, and he was just kind of like, I'm not going to do this to my boy. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I buy it, but I think. It, the, another fun geeky theory is that because Cap still was holding some truth from Tony, that he wasn't quite yet ready to completely pick it up, and that's I, why it just budges a little I'm bit. I'm not buying yeah, that but shit. it's a yes or no answer, Jake. You can't move but it. But the movie didn't present it as a yes and no answer, unless oh, you're right and that God. Cap was just. I'm with you, Dan. <laughs> I'm with you 100%, dude. <laughs> I'm with you, dude. I, I gotta say, I'm with Jake. He budged it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, oh, oh my god! Okay, <laughs> I see. I see both points. I'm playing devil's no, advocate because Cap could easily be showing humility to Thor and not just trying to embarrass him at this party. Or, like Dan said, it could just be a secret weapon that he wants to be able to pull out of his back pocket. Oh, fuck, man! If I see Captain America with the shield and the hammer, I will lose my shit. <laughs> I will absolutely lose my shit because that, that is just like iconic. Oh my god, to see that on the screen would be incredible. Yeah. What if, if Bucky becomes Captain America in Avengers 4 and lifts the hammer? Do I owe you five bucks? No. Okay. <laughs> Just has Steve. To be, has to be Steve. Thank has you. to be Steve. Okay. Let's clarify. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's on record, so I've got to pay up when I lose. <laughs> if um, Falcon's drinking a bottle of Captain Morgan and he picks up the. <laughs> Okay. And we all lose. Yeah. <laughs> we all just paid the, the Marvel eight bucks, eight to twelve bucks. Entertainment. Let's move on. Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll uh, everybody. It, the bet is the bet is out there. Johannes, our listener, Johannes. He's our historian. Johannes, I want you to mark down the times and, and the uh, the rules of the bet, and then uh, call one of these guys out when we have our answer. Um, nice. Entertainment Weekly had a huge article talking about next year's X-Men Dark Phoenix film. Um, and the article says, on November 2nd, 2018, Dark Phoenix will arrive in theaters and finally deliver the storyline X-Men fans have wanted for years. 
<laughs> I'm thinking again. Age of Apocalypse? <laughs> no, Dark <laughs> Phoenix. Oh, oh, oh. We've already gotten a Dark Phoenix movie. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're doing it again. Simon Kimberg previously attempted to tell the iconic Jean Grey tale about the telepath's battle with demons in her own mind with his screenplay for 2006's X-Men The Last Stand. But studio pressure squeezed her story into a reductive subplot. Kinberg, making his directorial debut, felt in his gut that this was the story that he needed to tell once Brian Singer, who directed pre- the previous two sequels, stepped aside. Uh, the film was so clear in my head, emotionally and visually, that it would have killed me to hand this to somebody else to direct, Kinberg says. Uh, it's set in 1992, about 10 years after the events of last, ma- of last year's X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, Dark Phoenix. You're telling me this is 10 years after. Cyclops the- and his brother will still be the same age. That's what I'm saying. It's like, how, how are you, how are you gonna make, how are you gonna make uh, Sophie Turner look 10 years older? They won't. They just won't. They've already proved that between, uh, Days of Future Past and Apocalypse that they just won't and expect you to accept it. <laughs> wow. Um, let's see here. Uh, Dark Phoenix opens with the X-Men, including Mystique, Beast, Storm, Nightcrawler, and Quicksilver in a new unexpected role, National Heroes. Charles Xavier even lands on the cover of Time Magazine, but his growing ego puts the team at risk. Quote, Pride is starting to get the better of him, and he is pushing the X-Men to more extreme missions, Kinberg says. After they're dispatched to space for a rescue mission, a solar flare hits the X-Jet, and the surge of energy ignites a malevolent, power-hungry new force within Gene, the Phoenix, uh, based partially... Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> is right. Um, based partially on Chris Claremont's comic, Phoenix will feature... Some of the series' biggest set pieces to date, including the X-Men's first trip to outer space. It's also the most sinister and somber chapter in the saga and includes a massive twist halfway through that will irrevocably, excuse me, irrevocably um, change the course of the franchise. Uh, James McAvoy said, this is probably the most emotional X-Men we've done and the most pathos-driven. Uh, there's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of suffering. The movie becomes a fight for Jean's soul as Phoenix threatens to overtake her mind and divide the X-Men, particularly Jean and her mentor Charles. Uh, Sophie Turner said, it's about the butterfly effect of this thing happening. Um, and apparently she said, uh, oh, she studied schizophrenia and multiple personality disorders to prepare for this role. She said, what happens when the person you love the most falls into darkness? So it's going to be a lot about the relationship between Gene um, and Cyclops. Um, and I guess we're going out into space. There's, there's, We're going to have the scrolls involved. I guess Jessica Chastain is going to be playing a scroll is what the rumor is. Um, yeah, I've heard that. Okay. Does any of this – I mean, guys, I don't know about you, but – God damn it. They've just done this all wrong. They've just done it all yeah. wrong. It's all wrong. It it just doesn't feel right, right? Like, yeah, who, I agree. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Seriously. Oh. 
Talk Seriously, about after, Butterfly. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, Dan. After, after Apocalypse, man, who gives a fuck about the X-Men anymore? And this is coming <laughs> from... this is Seriously, this is coming from a guy whose first, like, exposure to superheroes was the X-Men. I watched the cartoon TV. It was the first comic I ever bought. It started my love for superheroes. And they royally fucked up in Apocalypse. They oh, absolutely oh, fucked up. It was, it was so bad. Yeah. And Sophie Turner... You know, she, she, she's one of my kin. She's from England. And she is amazing in Game of Thrones. She was fucking terrible in Apocalypse. And to, like, <laughs> and to, and to anchor an entire movie based around her character is a bad move. It's just bad. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, Dan, yeah, Dan, I, Dan. I, Whoa. We've got Jennifer Lawrence coming back, so we can't give her the whole fucking movie. Oh yeah, I know, right? Yeah, feed that storyline in there too. Exactly. Yeah, probably won't fucking see her as Mystique at all in this either. She'll just be fucking Jennifer Lawrence running around as usual. Even if her powers don't work, she's still magically human. Holy what the shit! What's going on? They're gonna call her I cosine. They're gonna call her Katniss. Like they're just gonna say <laughs> fuck it, right? Oh, sorry, we, for- we forgot which character you were. Who the yeah, fuck I is that chick you. wearing the mockingbird pin? Yeah, she, 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 and I, I honestly believe she's so done with the X Men as well. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, she she doesn't, she's just phoning it in. She doesn't give two fucks Dan, about it. Dan, she could have been she done. Made a bad sign. She could have been done. This the last Apocalypse was her final film in her contract. Yeah, that yeah. action figure money must be good. Must be good. Yeah, exactly. Action figure money. They aren't making any action figure monies. Uh, action figure money from this. They they don't make action figures. Yeah, that's true. No royalties, I guess. Then what the hell? They must be paying her big money for it. They have to be. They 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 yeah, must have rolled up best, a. Man. They must have rolled up a fucking dump truck of money in this. Yeah. Hey. Uh, in those quotes you're reading, like Kinsberg's talking about fucking butterfly effect, and like I agree with everything Dan's saying. Like the butterfly effect is a apocalypse was a pile of garbage. B there's all the news of the fucking Disney Fox merger. So at this point, it's hard to even tolerate giving a fuck about this upcoming movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, Clayton, uh, what, what are you thinking? I mean, don't let us sway you one way or the other. Like, what did you think about, like, the last few, you know, X-Men films? And I'm not talking about Logan. I'm not talking about Deadpool. I'm talking about, you know, X-Men, yeah, the team films. I, I hated Apocalypse. I was like, what is this shit? I'm so glad I didn't see it in theaters because I heard I just was wasn't sure with the trailers. I just like I waited and I ended up watching it or renting it and on like iTunes or something. And I was like, oh shit, can I have my money back? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, we were uh, all let down. I mean, we we're all, yeah. See, that's the thing. I, I I feel like guys. I I really feel like okay, you start you go with Days of Future Past. And then, like your next movie is Apocalypse, and now how do we how do we how do we make it even more dire and, and, and a bigger event? Now we've got to do Dark Phoenix. It's like, yeah, you can't fucking reboot it again, right? You know, you can't. You can't well, hey, but what's another Days of Future Past? What's worked? I mean, what's worked? I mean, it's been the low. It's been like Logan. Like Logan worked. Logan, the the the, the dark noir, R rated Logan film worked, and 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 uh, Deadpool. It's not the flagship X-Men movies, right? No. Yeah, and the, and the character development is just so wonky. Like, if they want to keep the same actors, then quit. Like, I understand they want to do the period pieces and jump ten years every time. Yeah. But it's a complete detriment to yeah. any kind of character development or us giving a fuck about these people from movie to movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Also, I mean, one of the problems is, like, I know they're saying, like, X-Men fans wanted to see this, blah, 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 all that crap. But the Dark Phoenix saga, it, it, as a fan, it is one of the most convoluted storylines in <laughs> X-Men history. It's so, it's so much going on, and there's so many, like, completely, like, insane things that happen in it, that you have yeah. to be a comic book fan and suspend disbelief as a reader. So to actually have, to try and put that legitimately on screen it's not gonna fucking work it's gonna be terrible oh but now like they don't Rachel have to summers in the cocoon <laughs> yeah exactly man it's just it's just all it's it's nuts you, i mean you know even as a kid i was reading it going oh that's that's a bit far-fetched but now you don't have to focus you don't have to focus on weapon x right yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good point no yeah, it's not it's not a good point it feels like this is their, a little bit of the swan song, right? Like this is, it's do or die with this group of characters and doing yeah. an interpretation of the dark Phoenix. Well, yeah. Just roll on. I mean, absolutely. And I mean, it sucks. It really fucking sucks because there are pieces of this that I love. There are pieces of this X-Men universe that I love. I yeah. love, and, and not in the last couple, but I, I do enjoy Fastbender as Magneto. And I do love Evan Peters as Quicksilver, and I love Nicholas Holt as Beast. I think yeah, he's me too. he's I love well, him. he's very yeah, underrated. I like McAvoy too. And I, yeah, yeah, McAvoy's great. I mean, McAvoy is very good. And um, you know, I, I just think that you know these are some great pieces that I would love. You know, I, we're talking about this Fox MCU Disney merger, whatever. Like it's it's a it's a fucking shame that they fucked this up so much because yeah, there's a part of me that would love to see like Nicholas Holt return as the beast in these films. You know, if if, if Disney did get control of it, Evan Peters come back as Quicksilver. Um yeah. you know da- da- Daniel Cudmore as Colossus. Yeah. Oh fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. But, that was a joke. Yeah. Nobody got that. There's, there's, there's pieces of it. There's pieces of it that I would like to see go forward. But yeah, I, I, let's let this one die. And I mean, this movie is not even. It's it's coming out in like November. I mean, right? So yeah, the Justice League death spot, as I like to call it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! You know what they're gonna do? Like when this movie comes out and it flops, the next one will be House of M. And then they can just kill, they'll just kill uh, everyone and then be like, okay, there's only like, was it 198 left I, or whatever? It is. I think they're gonna open, I think they're gonna leave this one open to where it, it could die. Like, like, it could be the end of it, you know? Yeah. It, like, like Iron Man 3, the way that's set up that Tony might not come back because of contract issues. <laughs> that, that, yeah. you know, it, it left it that our, Robert Downey Jr. might not come back after Iron Man 3, so. I've been thinking about House of M a lot lately, Dan, now that you bring that up, and how that would be a really interesting way if you were going to fast-track introducing the X-Men into the uh, Disney MCU. Yeah. Way to do it. So, yeah, see, uh, uh, so you're talking about... What ways to do it. So you're talking about Wanda in our MCU saying no more mutants? No, no. Not, you don't need to know more mutants part, but you could introduce them within the... the fantasy world that wander creates possibly okay oh you know gosh yeah i gotcha yeah or or even just use it as a basis for you know like a 
yeah, not an apocalypse is the wrong choice of word, but like a genocide of the mutants for whatever reason, you know, most of them are dead. So, and then they can just kill off whatever characters that they don't want or that people don't like, and then they can bring them back into, like you're saying, like the possible merger of the movies. Okay. So they could use it as like a template. Yeah. I just want, I, I, I want them just, I want Marvel, I want the MCU to just stay the course and not worry about having to, I don't know. No, I, I, I kind of want what you're saying, too, but yeah. in my head, it felt like a real classic MCU move, because then they sure. get to do what they like to do and name a famous a movie after a famous comic book series that may or may not have much to little to do with that series, but it still has the intrigue of having that name, no. a la yeah. Civil War or an Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron, sure. Yeah. It's, you know, the House of M, the movie, and you're intrigued. Yeah. Because we called it this. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, yep. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, has anyone watched Inhumans? Fuck no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Clayton, did you watch that garbage? No. <laughs> I didn't waste my time on that. <laughs> I've got one episode to go. Oh, man. I watched the first two. Really? Yeah. What did you think? Oh, I hated it. Like, everything? <laughs> you absolutely hated everything? Yeah, I thought it would be a fun show to watch with friends and make fun of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I, do, I i mean i personally like anson mount as black bolt i think yeah. that he's i think that if you put him in a in a in like a marvel like an mcu movie i think he would be awesome i i love the fact that they they didn't have him talking all the way through it and it was crazy like i watched i watched the series and there's parts of it where he's like doing sign language to explain stuff to people or sometimes he will just give them a look and he's such a good actor because I mean like you know Brian mentioned him on was it Hell on Wheels yeah, wasn't it that was yeah. the thing he was and I, yeah. I started watching that man as well and I think he's awesome and I, I watched him in this and he would just give people a look and I would know what he was saying because he's such a good actor but then everything else like everything else in the entire show is terrible like so fucking terrible and it just broke my heart because I love the Inhumans and I, oh, I know you do Black, and I love Black Bolt and I was just thinking, oh, he's really good. He's better than, like, fucking Vin Diesel would have ever been when we had rumours of that. And it just breaks my heart that he's stuck in this absolutely terrible show. And it's been axed already, hasn't it? There's not going to be anything else. It's not confirmed, yeah. but it sounds like it's not going to get a second season. I mean, why? Yeah, and they always they always kind of close that door from the beginning by kind of calling it a maxi series. So even if they didn't move forward, it was, a, oh, well, I told you so, moved by them. A maxi series? <laughs> Yeah, isn't that how they referred to it when they were promoting it? In the fucking Maxi Pad series, more like. Jesus Man, Christ. Shit. It's so it's so bad. It is so damn bad. But again, he he's he's awesome in it. And I love Lockjaw, but apart from that and the the way they, they the stop Lockjaw from sort of being in too many shows is like he's tired. So he'll like lay, <laughs> so, so he'll like lay down and go to sleep and then he won't be in like two episodes <laughs> to oh, save that, that money. Yeah. My favorite uh, game to play while watching that show was what would Black Bolt say if he could break the fourth wall and just talk about <laughs> what's going on around him? <laughs> Comedy gold mine watching it with that mindset. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Fucking hell. Oh, God, I've got one episode to go. I'm not looking forward to it. Why? Why? Just stop there, man. 
<laughs> no, I've I got to know. I've got to know what happens now. It's, I, I, I mean, it's I, like linking onto a show because you love one actor, and he's representing a character that I've loved for years. Yeah. And and I think he's done an amazing job with what he has had, but it's just everything else is just so fucking bad. Oh yeah, my god! I watched Damn. the entire season of a show on Fox called Terra Nova, except for the last episode. I've never seen it. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> yeah, bad? I watched that whole season. I watched it all and the last episode. Yeah. Like, I, and I didn't hate it. Like, I didn't hate the show. I didn't, I didn't hate it either. Um, I didn't hate it. And, uh, so I, uh, once I got to, once I got to the final episode, I was just kind of like, uh, eh, if I don't watch it, it's still on. It still exists. <laughs> so, and it's, it's, as far as I know, like, it's still on Netflix. So, like, if I want to go on the Netflix and watch that final episode, I can. I can wrap it up. But, I never, I never watched Spoiler, the final. Spoiler: It does not wrap it up. <laughs> oh yeah. So, uh, let's see. Let's take a quick break. Come back and do DC news. Yep. All right, guys. It is now time. You know, <laughs> no, Brian, don't say it. Don't say it. Oh, what man. were you gonna say? I don't know. We were talking about we were talking about Dan's maxi pad joke. Oh, no. <laughs> on break, and I was gonna ask if you guys have earned your Red Wings. I but no. <laughs> I fucking hate the Red Wings, man. They're my least favorite hockey team. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. Um, oh. Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> I love making people uncomfortable. Are you, oh are you my talking god! About Fal- Falcons, little buddy, is that what you're talking about? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I'm definitely not talking about Falcons, little buddy. No, do you guys ever? Is... Do you guys ever read the Anne Rice books? River into that. No. Now this this no. is very close to being vampire related. Yeah, there was a really gross passage in the in Rice books where Lestat was going down on women having the red wings for his feedings. Yeah. I, was, I always thought Anne Rice took that a little too far. <laughs> Jake 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 sent a very strong letter to Miss Anne Rice that day. <laughs> Dear Dear Harper Day Publishing. (laughs) Jake, that was Jake's equivalent of a one-star review that day. (laughs) It just said, why I never. I'm going (laughs) to... Why? Why I never? Oh, oh, oh man. man, this strongly worded letter by Jake Elliott. <laughs> oh man, that's great. That's good shit, guys. Uh, time now for DC news. All right, there you are. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina, and now the leftovers are going to destroy DC news. It's time for DC news. You fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Lestat, Monostat Seven. Is that where you? Uh, t- is that the? Is that the uh, the pregnancy test, Monostat Seven? Yes. Why? Why is it called Monostat Seven? What's the deal with the seven? I don't know what happened. To, it's like Leonard Part Six. Yeah, I know. The previous stuff. <laughs> I know what happened to like one through six. <laughs> like, 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 can you go to like, can you go to like Dollar General and get a Monostat Four? Like, is that a knockoff or? <laughs> 
I always thought that way about preparation H too. Like, what about all the other preparations, like A through G? It's H stands for hemorrhoids, Jake. Ah. ah. But I mean, there's other diseases that have names that need topical creams. So they are, they should all be preparation, and then said 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 dermatitis or whatever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's a preparation in. Oh, man. Uh, uh, preparation B. That's what uh, that's what Jake's titled his Anne Rice letter. Preparation G. <laughs> preparation G for preparation gross. <laughs> How dare you, Anne Rice? <laughs> anyway, this is stupid. Um <laughs> Uh, guys, it doesn't matter how much we laugh. It's stupid. Um, it's anyway, true. yeah. Inverse had an article titled Justice League Cinematographer Superman black suit scenes were filmed. Did you guys hear about this? I did. Yep. Uh, the article goes on to say the Man of Steel did not come back in black in Justice League, but don't blame the camera crew. Scenes featuring Superman played by Henry Cavill wearing a black version of his costume were cut from the theatrical release of Justice League. Fabian Wagner, an accomplished cinematographer who shot some of the biggest episodes of Game of Thrones, both Hard Home and Battle of the Bastards, was tasked with bringing Zack Snyder's vision for the DC superhero movie to life. In an email interview with Inverse, Wagner says, scenes with Superman wearing his black suit were removed in the final cut. Quote, there were scenes shot. It's a cool-looking costume. Sadly, we didn't see that in either the final cut. Uh, in fact, Wagner says quite a few scenes didn't make the theatrical release of Justice League. Not just the black and silver Superman. Zack takes his time with telling the stories, and I've always liked that about his movies. There are a few scenes that I was very much looking forward to seeing, which unfortunately got cut. One of the other scenes Wagner refers to is a scene from the final trailer, which Alfred talks to an off-screen figure while doing maintenance on the Batmobile. They said you'd come, he says, looking up at the mystery character. Let's hope you're not too late. Wagner, who shot the scene, is keeping mum in regards to whom Alfred is speaking to. Most fans think it was Superman, but he promises that maybe one day fans will finally know for sure. It was a great... No, no they won't. It was a, it was a, it was a great scene to shoot, he says. It was one of my favorites and also didn't make it. So, um, I don't know about you guys. Like, I, I did not like the Justice League film, but reading all this stuff makes me a little sad that we didn't get to see this movie was a fucking train wreck. It was a mess. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a Frankenstein. It, it's, it's, it's the vision of two different directors. And, and for as much as Joss Whedon says, like, oh, this is, oh, I just came in here and I just, you know, I finished Zack Snyder's movie and I, it's, it's all Zack. That's this is bullshit. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. <laughs> it, yeah, it's smoking fucking mirrors. It's, I almost say three directors. Uh, the, the studio, the studio, <laughs> right? Yeah. The Warner Brothers said they gave him a mandate saying you got to make it under two hours. So they fucked Joss Whedon on the flip side, right? Think of all that money they spent. They they got a really good designer to do that stuff, and then it was just all and that. That guy still got paid, whether that shit got cut or not. Well, that's why the movie cost nearly three hundred million because they're yeah. they're trying they're trying to remove mustaches. They're filming shit that's not getting used. I mean, this is yeah. fucking ridiculous. I mean, in the the first trailer wasn't most of that wasn't in the movie, was it? 
Like no, I have to like, see it again, honestly. So like, there's a bit where like you know Batman's talking to Wonder Woman in the Batcave, and he says about asking Aquaman to join them, and he said like you know was it he says something like some yes, some no, or something, and she says what well, mostly no, and he's like yeah, mostly no, he's not coming. He said that in the trailer, but that's not in the film, is it? And uh, just there's like a load of it, like the scene with the like the hologram. Yeah, that we saw. I mean, yeah, that's not that's not in there either. No. I have a question. You know how DVDs and Blu-rays usually used to include, like, trailers for the movies as extra features? Yeah. Uh-huh. Do, is that still a practice with how much altercation happens? Are they Do they hide the fact, like, if I go, if I get my Rogue One Blu-ray out oh, and man. I watch the Rogue One trailer on it? I have no clue. No clue, man. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. You've, yeah. you've got every, <clears throat> on the Deadpool D, uh, Blu-ray, you've got, like, every trailer from, like, all markets and all the TV spots and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, but like they true. they included most of those scenes in the movie. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, but like for like a Suicide Squad or a Rogue One, where they or a cut, yeah. yeah, yeah, like where they cut like a lot, you know, like like Rogue One. I mean, a lot of those scenes that we saw in the trailer didn't make it to the actual film. So are they actually giving you that are they advertising yeah. that in HD after the fact, or are those things that you're gonna have to like see. search out on YouTube to watch? Yeah, is that forever gone? Or is that going to be like fucking Mandela effect shit? Where like, remember that scene when you know Jen Erso was running along with the chip, you know, with the AT-ATs all around that never actually happened? Yeah, because like she, it never, it never made it to the ground, right? I mean, she, yeah. she, yeah, she was up there by that satellite. There was a lot of cool cinematography that were in those first trailers that we never saw. That were some of the stuff that got me the most hyped for the movie. Yeah, at the end of the day, it wasn't even in the movie, right? I, I don't know, a little bit off topic, but I just, I never thought of that. It's like, that that was always an extra feature, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, can, one you, of the, can we take a break really quick? Oh, uh, we just took one a moment ago, but <laughs> sure, yeah, we can take another. Yeah, fucking A, I'm sorry, a fucking mouse just ran fucking right in front of me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're back, I don't care. Have, no break. going to have Jake running around trying yeah. to find a mouse. <laughs> got fucking, we got an episode of Tom and Jerry going on here, boys. Where where is it, Jake? Where is it? Where did it run to? Oh, fuck! It just ran behind like the heat register. Oh. It was right. It was like it ran out and just like was like looking at me, and then I was like, <laughs> and that's why I was like, can we please take a break? Because I don't even know what the fuck to say right now. And then as soon as I moved, it ran behind the register. Is it, is it someone's pet or is it just a random mouse? No, it's a random fucking mouse. <laughs> Jesus, I don't even know what to do now. All right, I guess if it's behind the register, there's nothing I can do right now except get traps at work tomorrow or something. Jesus, that's fucked up though. Yeah, I can tell you. I can tell you. I can tell you. This is not a deleted scene. Uh, This this uh, this made it into the final cut of the episode. I'll tell you that much. It's not good. <laughs> Jesus. Are you afraid of mice or are you okay? Not, no, not like I'm not going to get up on a chair and start screaming or anything. But I'm not like I'm not going to get down and start singing Disney songs with it either. You know. Oh, maybe uh, that, might, that might work. <laughs> I, I love how those are the only two options. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's one or the other. It's. It. <laughs> I mean, they're screaming or doing Disney songs. Yeah. There's no in between. Uh, Bippity boppity boo. <laughs> 
you. Cinderella, Cinderella. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, variety. <laughs> I don't even. How did we even go forward? I don't even know what's going on anymore. <laughs> Uh, Variety had an article where they talked about the uh, shaky future of Ben Affleck as Batman, stating, while Ben Affleck is expected to appear as Batman in a standalone Flash movie, it is highly unlikely he will don the cape and cowl in Matt Reeves' planned standalone Batman movie. I am... (laughs) I'm worried that any time Jake could say the the mouse is back... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm keeping my eye out, man. I'm watching that register for a hawk. <laughs> oh, man. Um, hey, hey, get Pinky, your cat. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – you don't need me for, for this Batman news. I'm going to mute and go grab the cat. All right, yeah, go grab the cat. Um all right, let's see here. <laughs> we will we will continue. Um, Batman is unlikely he will don the cape and cowl in Matt Reeves' planned standalone Bat movie. Uh, the director is said to want to cast the role with fresh talent, according to sources. So, I got guys. We've heard like you know, if Ben walks away, we've heard the rumors that Matt Reeves likes Jake Gyllenhaal, but. Radar Online posted this rumor recently. John Hamm stealing Batman role from Ben Affleck, source claims. Um, article goes on to say, former Mad Men star John Hamm has his sights on stealing bloated buddy Ben Affleck's Batmobile to become the Dark Knight, a source claims. Uh, John's gunning hard for the role, a source exclusively revealed to RadarOnline.com. Uh, though the two have been pals since co-starring in Affleck's 2010 film The Town and were drinking buddies before Ham got sober in 2015. The coveted comic book character may be up for grabs and Ham is no joker about wanting in. This is fucking dumb. Uh, yeah. They enjoyed working together and have been on good terms ever since, the source said. But John knows Ben has faced some criticism over Batman v Superman and Justice League and frankly thinks he'd be better suited for the job. This is business for John, not personal. I think this is all bullshit. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like bullshit, right? Well, wasn't there a Jeffrey D. Morgan rumor going well, around? Yeah, I mean but not he's not gonna take over as Batman. That's from the that's from the flashpoint. He's gonna be playing Thomas Wayne Batman. Oh, okay. He would not be playing Batman. I mean in 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 Flashpoint, that story what happens is instead of Thomas Wayne dying you know, Bruce dies and Thomas Wayne becomes Batman, but he's a Batman that uses uh. guns. And so Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who we saw in Batman v Superman at the beginning of that film, hanging out with Maggie from Walking Dead. Uh, yeah, Negan and Maggie. And so, like, you know, basically, you know, he would become my cat scratching the floor. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're done taking a piss. I get it. <laughs> I, yeah you're done I get it making a statement <laughs> Jesus we got Jake over there with fucking mice 
Uh, he, he's been gone. He's been gone a while. I hope he's okay. Yeah. Right, we're I'm talking about freak out. We're talking about DC. He's taking as much time as he possibly can. <laughs> and knowing Pinky, she'll just sit like on the sofa. Yeah, exactly. Like, Nothing's gonna happen. No. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think that, I think this rumor is bullshit. I think a lot of people have been wanting to see John Hamm as Batman. So like, I think this source is just, I don't know, making shit up. Oh, I can hear a beard scratching. Guess who's back? <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> hey, what's up there? <laughs> Did Pinky get it? I brought Pinky in and she just went to her food bowl. See, I fucking told you. <laughs> <laughs> so she's still eating. So uh, there we go. I'm hoping she, uh, I'm going to try to point her in the direction of it. I'm hoping it just runs out and messes with her while she's eating. I don't alert her to what's going on i'm sure our listeners are are very concerned um <laughs> sorry no it's it's, it's fine <laughs> fuck this episode um <laughs> oh man yeah the things that i don't plan for in these episodes that's one no, of them no i didn't plan for this either no <laughs> Uh, Jason Momoa sat down with EntertainmentWeekly.com and talked about his Aquaman film coming out next year and how the Aquaman solo film will be different from the Justice League Aquaman. And uh, he goes on to say, Justice League was only a weekend in Arthur Curry's life. This is a totally different beast. In Aquaman, you see when his parents met and what happened to them. Then the little boy being raised and finding his powers... And going through that and never being accepted on either side. And then becoming this man who puts up all these walls. You just slowly see this man harden up and be completely reluctant wanting to be king. And not knowing what to do with these powers he has. Um, I, uh, I'm going to be quite honest with you. 100% honest with you. I love that. I I don't I, I mean we can we can talk shit all day about Jason Momoa's Aquaman in that movie and how we haven't been fans. This basically what he said there sounds very much like what we saw in Wonder Woman. In my personal opinion, I mean he's talking about how you get to see Aquaman, you see his parents meet and what happened to them. At the beginning of this movie, we at the beginning of Wonder Woman, you saw a very young – and I know you didn't like Wonder Woman, Dan, and that's fine. But I'm saying like I did. I loved it. And and in this, you get to see a very young uh, Princess Diana and you get to see her mother you know, and, and you get to see her being raised and all these things. And that's exactly what they're doing here. They're talk, he talks about the little boy being raised and finding his powers and going through that, never being accepted on either side because he's half human, half Atlantean. And I mean, I think this could be a very good and interesting story. I mean, we're getting Willem Dafoe in this. We're getting uh, 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 Nicole Kidman playing his mother. And I mean, she's been great in some recent performances. So I think that this, you know, and you've got James Wan in here directing this. And I think that this, this and I want to go over a quote that he had. But um, I, 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 I'm encouraged by these quotes. I, I, I actually kind of like it. And I'm. I'm I'm more interested in seeing the movie after hearing these quotes. So yeah, I'm with you. It could potentially be good. I mean, yeah. Justice League didn't ruin the character. Right? They're still they could do anything they want. Justice yeah. League didn't like 
take away anything. No, I think I, – Jake, I think that, like, these movies are better suited for the solo films. I mean for, if we're looking at Wonder Woman, if, if, if we're hoping that they've learned from Wonder Woman, I mean these solo films can be better. I, I, Justice League was too premature and two different directors' visions – and the studio mandate of, like, let's make it under two hours. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, that movie was basically set to fail. So. Yeah, I agree. The two solo character movies are the two movies that you like. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, I was not a big fan of Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, and Justice League. It was Man of Steel and Wonder Woman that I that I loved. So, uh, Director James Wan had this debate to say about the Aquaman solo film. It's going to look very different. It will feel very different aesthetically, tonally, story-wise. It's my own take. It's a much more a traditional action-adventure quest movie. So I like those statements as well. And I like – I don't know. I, I like James Wan ha- having come out immediately and saying, yeah, I'm not doing the whole talking bubble bullshit. <laughs> you know? Oh, God. It's horrible. Yeah. Ugh. The, the the latest episode of Smodcast with Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier, they just totally rip on the on the talking bubble and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so I've got to ask because I, I I haven't seen Justice League and I'm not going to see it until I see it for free. What does 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 uh, does Aquaman actually like explain his origins in Justice League or not? No, is it like? It, no. He doesn't. Oh, we don't know yet. Okay. No. Yeah, it's very much. It's very fast forward, yada yada, and just get Aquaman into the into the game. Okay, so we don't even know if he's like half human or. Oh God! I mean, there's so much information so quickly given to you. Yeah. And it's, and what exposition do you need? And what do you do? What you D- don't? It was my favorite part is that um, when Batman shows up to to encounter Aquaman. When he goes to that little that little village, you know there. Yeah, the, fi- the fishing village. Yeah. yeah, the little fishing village. When he arrives, he, he he's on a cliff, <laughs> and he looks down at it. <laughs> like, like well, there it is. It's like, what the fuck are you doing up there? Like, why? 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 That was <laughs> he's looking a, cool, Brian. Duh. <laughs> and it's just that, like Wonder Woman was standing on that statue. Looking yeah, cool. I know. It was just dumb. It was like, couldn't you just fucking go down? Like, what? Couldn't you just have taken like a helicopter down to it instead of fucking like taking a <laughs> horse or whatever the fuck you were doing up on that hilltop and then looking down on it? I'm like, that's dumb. <laughs> and then like. I think what- Later. I was gonna say. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say. I think my favorite bit that I've heard so far is that when Batman's in the like the hut looking for him. Yeah. And yeah. He's like saying. Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah. Like you know, do you guys know Arthur Curry or like whatever the hell it is he's doing? He's trying to look for him. I mean, I'm looking for a man that sort of like helped helped you or something. Isn't there like a picture of him on the wall? Yeah, but he's already seen him in the fucking file. <laughs> He's already seen him. <laughs> yeah, me and my um, my brother-in-law, my sister, my, me and my brother-in-law, we were just fucking talking about this like two weeks ago, like after we'd seen the movie, and we were laughing about it. And he's like, he's like, um, yeah, uh, didn't he already see him like on the computer? Like, why does he need to turn around and see like a some kind of like, bullshit cave painting on a wall in a bar? <laughs> The, world, the world's greatest detective, everyone. The yeah, world's yeah. greatest detective. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking stupid. 
But, you know... And that's why I'm not watching it, because it's fucking dumb. I don't know. It's some dumb shit. All right, anyway. That's why you should watch it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on in uh, some Star Wars news, and then we'll wrap this shit up. What am I saying? You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible! Alright, guys. Yeah, last week we uh, talked about uh, the Rolling Stone article on Daisy Ridley saying that Episode Nine would be the last Star Wars film for her. Well, Daisy basically said that this week that she was misquoted, so that's not true. She's not done after Nine, so, you know, she could come back. It's, that's, it's not a hard no. Alright. No, and not everybody yeah. jump in. It's fine. You know? Yeah, I'm not, I think we kind of all figured that probably to be the case last week when we were talking about this, yeah. you know? I thought you might be going through some mouse action over there. I didn't know, so <laughs> didn't want to. No, no, I didn't realize it was the end of the quote. I apologize. There was no, I, yeah, whatever. Anyway, you guys, yeah, you guys are killing me. I'm kidding. Uh, Daisy, uh, uh, to tell you what, from now on I'll say end quote. How about, does that help? Would that help you guys? If you do the air quotes and we do this on video Skype, I would prefer that. Okay, we'll do that from now on. Daisy sat down with Screen Rant and debunked one fan theory about her lineage. Here's the conversation. Screen Rant said, have you ever read a fan theory that has been right about your character? Daisy Ridley said, no. Screen Rant said, really? Because the big question is about who are Ray's parents, right? Daisy replied, I mean, I've read a fan theory about immaculate conception. In fact, that was the only one that I read because someone directed me toward it. And I was like, you should get to work. Immaculate conception. Then someone told me that I was actually Snoke or something or other. And it was time travel. And I do think it's hilarious that there's like this great character and everyone was trying to attribute it to another character. And Screen Rant replied with, yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Daisy said, oh, what? That I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi? <laughs> and she goes, no, I heard about Snoke. Screen Rant says, no, that you are Ben Kenobi's granddaughter is another theory. She says, oh, 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 oh. I don't know. The only one I read about is the Immaculate Conception. So technically, I've never read a real one. <laughs> Wow, what a loophole. What a, yeah. She's got this thing down to science at this point now. She does. <laughs> yeah. So I like it. I respect it. Well, so, great answers. It, 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 we know it's not immaculate conception. So thank God for that, right? Yeah, yeah we've had that before. I mean, but the word immaculate means it could still be the, I mean, like, if it's created on purpose with the force powers by someone, that's not immaculate conception, right? I don't know. I've never looked that up. <laughs> I mean, it's, but I mean, that has been a rumor that it has been immaculate conception. So that's, I mean, it's, of course she's, she's created by some form of conception. It's not immaculate conception though, right? Yeah. It's not, it's normal conception. Yeah. I mean, of course. Fucking. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, see, it's just it's difficult to sort of talk about what Daisy Ridley, Daisy Ridley says because she never actually says anything. Do you know what I mean? So she's she's debunked that the immaculate conception theory, but you know they mention Ben and she's like, oh okay. Uh, well, she just well, goes on to something else. Well, she goes on to say like something like, well, that's not the one that I've read. So anything yeah. I've read is not true, and I've read about immaculate conception, and that's not true. She's so smart when it comes to those interviews. It's crazy. She just doesn't give anything away. Yeah, yeah. She's only can comment on what she's read about, and she's only read that one rumor. Yeah, yeah exactly. Bullshit. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Kathleen Kennedy was interviewed by News Hub, and they were talking about director Taika Waititi, who directed Thor Ragnarok, and Kathleen Kennedy said, I would love for him to direct a Star Wars movie, and I would also love to fire him from said Star Wars movie. I'm kidding. <laughs> she goes. She says, "I would love to hire. I would love for him to direct a Star Wars movie. I think he has exactly the right sensibility. It was very exciting to see him step into the Marvel universe and do such an amazing job with Thor. I want to know from you guys, and I'll start with uh, Clayton. I'll start with you. Would I mean? Have you seen Thor Ragnarok? Yeah, I have actually. I loved it. Um, I just think that I think I saw read a quote saying that he wouldn't want to do it because it they would have too much control over him or something. I'm not. I'm. I'm not quoting it completely, but that's what I read. But honestly, I think he should just do what he wants to do and not try to. Try not to um, force himself into the, the Star Wars universe. I, I think it'd be silly for him to fucking say that before even sitting down with him. He's kind of shooting himself in the foot. Um, I'm gonna have to look and see if that quote even happened because that sounds yeah. I that sounds like some fan fiction bullshit right there. Probably that sounds like, is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, Dan. What would you what would you say to a Taika Waititi Star Wars film, and what would you? I mean, is it something you'd want to see or see see him attempt? Oh uh, yeah, most definitely, man. I mean, we we've seen that he can like uh, deal with like big ensemble casts with a lot of like main characters that people know and love. But it would be something more akin to like the Han Solo movie, you know, stuff that was going to have like a lot more humor in it. That, well, at least what I've seen. I haven't seen Hunt for the Wilder People, but I've only seen Thor Ragnarok. So, yeah, I think he could do it. He's definitely got the chops to do it, for sure. But it would have to be the right character, for definite. Hmm. Jake? Yeah, yeah, I would really like to see it. I, You know, I, I think the sooner we start making a few bold moves on these Star Wars side stories, the better. And I think Taika's the perfect guy that could do that kind of thing. All right, what about, okay. what about this new Ryan Johnson trilogy coming out? What about this? I yeah. mean, it's not confirmed that Ryan Johnson's going to be directing all three of these films, okay? Here's his comments. Honestly, I don't know yet. I know I'm going to come up with the whole thing. The idea is to come up with one big story, but I don't know. Uh, I, I But I know I'm going to write and direct at least the first one. Then I'm going to have to, even the first one at this point, we're still figuring it out, so I don't know yet. But I know I want to come up with the whole thing, and then we'll see. So, I mean, and I'm not saying, I mean, Kathleen Kennedy just said this. I mean, we don't know what's next for Taika Waititi. You know, it's just, it's one of those things like, 
I'm trying to think of like what movie would be best suited for him. I don't know. I don't know. I guess it depends on what Ryan Johnson plans on doing with this next trilogy. Yeah, like I said, man, it'd have to be well from what we've seen of him. It would have to be something like like comedic because mm-hmm. I haven't seen him doing anything kind of serious at all. Yeah, yeah, but he's very like different. He's different. He's kind of like a like a Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright kind of quirky guy, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, we've seen he can do, like, AAA movies. He could definitely, he's not afraid of, like, you know, the like, special effects budget and all that sort of stuff. No, he can definitely yeah. do it, but it just depends what this kind of, the tone of the movie they they would want for him to be involved with. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see um, Ryan Johnson letting somebody direct any of these films other than himself? Do you think that, like, do you think he trusts another director to do I this. reckon, I reckon we'll have to see what J.J. Abrams <clears throat> does with number nine as to whether or not he would actually relinquish control to somebody else. I would say the answer. I don't think he would do it to someone so creatively different than him. I think if he did, it would be like a placeholder while he did another movie, you know, like much kind of like how the Colin Trevolo couldn't do Jurassic World 2. Like, it's not like they went out and got a big bombastic director for the next one either, you know? Mm-hmm. Colin Trevorrow couldn't do that second Jurassic World film because he was getting... Because of Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> he was promised he was going to be doing a Star Wars film, so... But, I don't know. Yeah, it would have to be someone that he trusts, and but also someone that, you know... Yeah, someone he trusts and someone that actually take all of his, his info and his vision for how the trilogy would have to go to take it on board. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it would probably, if he did, like, sort of hand the reins over to someone else, it would probably be someone a bit, you know, like, lesser known or someone with just, like, a few very good movies, like, in their in their filmography. Yeah. I just can't see him, like, wanting to do that. Like, just hear me out. Like, I, it sounds great, like... Oh, I'll bring in like this young director or whatever, another director. But like, I feel like what wouldn't he be a little bit worried that the other director would be able to do a better job than him? You know, I, I think he'd be more worried that they, that they would fuck it up yeah. and do a better job. Well, there's that too, but I don't think that he would want to hire somebody on that he didn't have a hundred percent confidence in. So it's like just eliminate that altogether, like. This is the guy that I think that could do a great job, but oh god, I don't want him to do a better job than me. You know, like I've I've seen some crazy things happen. Like I, and this is like on a much smaller scale, but like the day that Chris Hardwick's father died, he hosted The Talking Dead, and I'm thinking to myself, why? Why would he do that? Like I I, I get it, like maybe to take your mind off of it, but like I also thought like. What if they had somebody else host that night and they did a better job than Chris Hardwick? Like, was he worried about his job? You know? Hmm. No, I don't know about Chris Hardwick, but I think with Ryan Johnson, if if he is as much of a Star Wars fan as he says he is, and he does honestly seem to be, then I don't think he would mind someone coming in and doing doing a better job because it's just adding to like the mythology and this like great run of movies. You don't think that people are competitive? I think he is, but I don't think that he would let a franchise suffer because he was afraid that someone else would do a better job than he uh, would. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Ryan Johnson that well, dude. 
No, because I would neither do I. I'm just going from what I've read and sort of interviews. I've I know, seen. I know he loves Star Wars, man, but I'm sure that he loves getting a paycheck and I'm sure that he loves adoration just like the rest of us. You know? Yeah, maybe that. <laughs> Maybe the Hardwick thing was just some people just like to really bury themselves in their I work. said that. I said that. Yeah, Maybe yeah. he needed to take his mind off of it, and that's why he did it that night. Absolutely. And that's definitely an, a, a possibility. I'm just I'm, – I know it's not the best example, but it's all I got right now. Yeah, um, I do see what you're saying, though. Like it could be a – it's his baby. And, you know, it's it's kind of both. You don't want someone to mess it up or you don't want someone to create a tone that's even more accepted by people. Right. And then it's it's out of your hands completely. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. It's like it's like, oh, my God, like, uh, you know, somebody came in there and they, they did the second movie of Ryan Johnson's trilogy and they did it better. And it's like, man, I, I don't want Ryan Johnson to come back and finish this trilogy. Let's bring back, you know, what's his face. And the next thing you know, like that person is now the new face of Star Wars. You know, and it, it feels like it feels like right now, guys, that Ryan Johnson, even though we haven't even seen the fucking movie, just by the moves that Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy has made by hiring him back on to do a second trilogy and letting him be in charge of the whole thing. It feels like he is like the poster boy, the golden child of Lucasfilm right now. And like, I don't see him wanting to relinquish that. I mean, you know, yeah. I was going to say, man, do you think it's weird that they, they bring him back to do this new trilogy yet they didn't want him to do nine it just seems a really weird kind of i don't think that has anything to do with it i I don't think i i think it's he's doing he's starting this next trilogy now he's starting it now because 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 they want to get him rolling on that because and he can't finish nine because he's starting that now Uh, uh, right i see it's not that they didn't trust him to do nine it's that they need him for more important work Mm -hmm. right yeah good point good point yeah that's cool what have you got here? Somebody sending me something? That was me. I I found the thing about the Taika Waititi not directing Star Wars, and I was just wondering if you'd seen that. Oh one no, no, no! Let me pull it up. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I came off like a dick there, saying, "Who the fuck sent me that?" <laughs> no, 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 no! <laughs> what, what, what the fuck are you doing here? What the fuck I was are you trying to do it with secretly? I wouldn't cause this commotion. <laughs> fucking making all this noise there, Clayton. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, what do we got? What do we got? We got uh, Taika Waititi. He says, uh, "Yeah, this is from Screen Rant. It's an interview with the New York Times." Okay, he goes, uh, "That particular franchise seems really hard. There's not much room for someone like me." Though it's narrow canon, the tone of Star Wars has always been determinedly self-serious, whereas the Marvel movies, like the decades of comics they sprang from, veer wildly from high drama to low comedy. And improvisation has been a tool in every Marvel movie since Robert Downey Jr. riffed his way through Iron Man. I guess he just feels more comfortable in the Marvel universe. Yeah. I guess if the right, the right project would have to come along for him. In, in yep. Star Wars. You know, they, you're not going to hand Knights of the Old Republic to fucking Taika Waititi, right? No. <laughs> yeah. no give, him, give him, like, something crazy, like one of the Barge characters or, you know, a Moss Eisley yeah. or something. Or, hmm. yeah. There's definitely something for him to do in a side story, that's for sure. Yeah. I agree. Uh, where are we? Yeah, uh, more news about Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy came from Screen Rants. He spoke exclusively to them. Johnson reiterated that the new trilogy, which he is still in the very early early stages of, 
Oh yeah, I talked about this. He, yeah, this is, I already read this. He's gonna do, um, he's gonna direct the first one for sure, but he's not 100% sure he's gonna come back and do the rest of them. So, I don't know, man. It'll be interesting to see, like, if he does, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, man. We could talk all day about how he'd hire somebody else to do this. And I mean, that's cool. Like, hey, I'm in charge and I'm going to hire somebody to do the directing for this film and I'm going to, you know, trust him to do it. But it's what Lucas did and we got Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. But Lucas, that's the thing. Lucas didn't relinquish anything in the second when he did the other the, the other trilogy. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, I don't know, man. Um and he's not Lucas, so. Oh, I'm. Just, I, I know he's not Lucas, but I'm just saying sometimes relinquishing control can create great things. You know, kind of both brains. Oh, I know. I know. I, I'm saying like maybe that's what he's worried about. He doesn't want to lose that. You know. Maybe he would not. Maybe he wouldn't feel like that way. Maybe it would be a true collaboration in his mind. We'll see. It's his baby. I know. We don't know that though. And I mean, it's it's great to think that yeah, he would he would do it for Star Wars. But like, to get where you are in Hollywood, it's pretty cutthroat, man. It's like some you hear these stories. There's a lot of backstabbing in Hollywood sometimes. And it's like, you never, you never know where some of these people, what some of these people have done to get where they are. And like, I want to believe the best. I would love to. I would love to believe the best in people, but you, you, you just never know, you know? And I mean, I mean, you look at Hollywood today and I mean, that's a, a lot of, a lot of people have been complaining because Hollywood is white male dominated and they have every right to, 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 and I don't want to turn this into that, but I mean, a lot of people in Hollywood don't want to relinquish things to female directors, to directors of color, because they they want. It, it, I mean, you, Jake, me and you watch Survivor, right? And we see yeah. like alliances formed with men versus women on these shows, and they just naturally happen, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it happens in Hollywood too. It it really does. Like, I would love to see like Ryan Johnson say, "Hey, I'm going to give Ava DuVernay a chance to direct the second fucking movie in my trilogy but it's like is he gonna do that i mean is that gonna happen you know and i'm not saying like she's got to deserve it too i'm not just saying like oh we we're just giving out fucking movies to 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 women and and uh you know people of color they got they got to earn it i think everybody's got to earn it but i think like sometimes hollywood there there, there are there are white men in hollywood that are holding on to shit because they don't want to let go of that power and i think it's that's fucked up too so, yeah, like Ryan Johnson, right? Fuck him. Fuck Ryan Johnson. <laughs> no, and I'm not saying that. No, but a, a lot of people, Jake. No, this has been a thing. There are a lot of people that have been no, I, that have been. I, t- I was, no, there was a thing in the. I'm just trying to tell our audience that there have been there has been that white entitlement argument against Ryan Johnson. I mean, it's happened in the media. People have said things against Ryan Johnson that it's white entitlement. So. Jeez. I mean, it's happened. I mean, I don't know. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation. I I'm unsure as to whether or not he, he feels like his mission is to craft the story, or he feels like it's his mission to hand guide all three of these movies. Yeah. it just all depends on creatively or artistically what he needs to fulfill himself in this universe. Yeah, I mean, he may also have other project he, projects he wants to do 
other than Star Wars movies for the next decade. Oh, I agree. And I would love to see him. I would love to see some other Ryan Johnson stuff, you know, in the meantime. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I, I guess I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here because I don't know one way or the other. He, he just seems kind of like the perfect architect guy anyway. Like he has such big and bold ideas in all his different sci-fi. Mm-hmm. That he, he does feel like kind of that concept guy to me. And I, I don't know. I feel like that could work where he comes up with this great trilogy concept and then, and then we pass the reins. And I feel like he would be satisfied with that too. No, I, I see, I kind of feel like, like, you know, you've got your Kathleen Kennedy who's kind of like your, I guess kind of like your Kevin Feige in this a little bit, but I feel like he would be the better Kevin Feige or at least maybe even the better James Gunn because like they're going to give James Gunn pretty much control of the cosmic universe in the MCU. And, you know, I don't know. I feel like... Are you seeing this as control, though? Because in some ways uh-huh. it, it is, and in some ways it isn't, right? I, I think... That I, I mean, this trilogy is 100% his. Yeah. But he's con- not, he's conceiving the whole trilogy. The Star Wars universe, right? Like, it's... The episode 10 isn't... Is he guiding well, that? Well, that's... Anyway, that's no, 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 no. That's... Oh, episode 10? I, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, that's why I compared it to, like, James Gunn controlling just, like, the cosmic universe in Marvel, right? Because okay, like, I, I got you. He's controlling, like, this one separate section. And so I feel like, you know, uh, he can much hire. Like, much like Guardians, though, once that section becomes big and popular enough, the money's in putting that section into the other section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you yeah. know. Yeah, well, inevitably see, yeah. it will all combine if one is popular enough. Yeah, hopefully they don't they don't feel like the pressure to do that if they don't have to, right? Yeah, I guess a lot depends on the timeline that we're presented and whatever Johnson decides to do. Yeah, because we have if no that's idea. Even possible. Yeah, I think there and they also talked about. I mean, we're getting uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi movie. I think they started. Didn't they say production's going to start on that in early 2019? Yeah. That's right. That's official now, Obi-Wan. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good shit. Um, let's see here. Mark Hamill talked with Entertainment Weekly about how he approached Luke when filming The Last Jedi. Uh, this is fucked up. He, a lot of actors do this, but we'll talk about it. He made up a whole backstory for Luke. Now, uh, none of this is canon to the film, but here's his quotes. I wrote lots and lots of scenarios. I made notes that he fell in love with a woman who was a widow. And had this young child. He left the Jedi to raise this young child and marry this woman. And the child got a hold of a lightsaber and accidentally killed himself. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, and then he said, uh, it's nothing to do with the story. But when I think about gun violence and you read these tragic stories of kids getting hold of their parents' guns and killing a sibling of it or, or themselves – I mean, I had to go really dark places to get to to get where Luke needed to be for this story. And I'm not trying to make light of that or joke about that, but I just feel like I don't know. It's like is he is he is he, is is he just trying to bring is he using this just to bring about gun awareness or is this like this is I don't know. I mean, it's not canon. None of this is canon. This is just like he this is like where he took his character in his own head to be like to give us like the performance that he's gonna give us in the Last Jedi, I just I don't know. This is just really dark and fucked up. You guys with me? <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry. I was really brainstorming the Luke stuff. Hamill's just such a hard read, right? Yeah. 
But we've heard so much now with the critics blurbs about the movie, about the it's kind of even more mysterious about the direction of Luke, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, actors do this. Like he, he, he wanted to know like what his character's been up to for the past 30 years. And like, he knows a little bit, you know, there's a little bit in bloodline, but like they, they haven't given him like the whole 30 years. So he had to like fill that himself as an actor. He had to like come to that with himself. So basically he filled it with Luke fell in love with a young woman who had a young child. And that kid, got a hold of his lightsaber and killed himself. So like all that, that scene where we see Luke and he's holding the lightsaber and he's got the end of it pointed at his face, like in the, in a new hope, that kid did that, but he turned it on and it went, it went through the back of his goddamn head. So we got a dead kid on our hands here. Like classic star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> what the oh. it, to, to me it, it just seems like he's just using the entertainment weekly interview as just a way to talk about gun violence gun violence yeah but like <laughs> just linking it into star wars that's what it sounds like to me he's just like bringing up a point that he knows is right. going to get published and that's kind of an end of it yeah yeah it's weird lightsaber violence <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, they need to make it way harder to get those things. They just give the kyber crystals out to anyone. I know. There's no there's no waiting <laughs> period. I know. No background check. It's just oh here's here's some more kyber crystals. Yeah, I know. Where's the where's the Brady Bill when you need it in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. It's a mockery. It's a fucking mockery. You, got, you should look at Star Trek. There's hardly any lightsaber deaths over in that universe. Yeah, I, they I, got it down lock. I guarantee you, like Star, like this Ryan Johnson trilogy, they're gonna cast Ted Nugent. And he's just gonna go around shooting people. In it, I don't With know the flaming crossbow. Yeah, I don't uh-huh. know. It's fucking weird. Um, <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know. It's just like when I read that quote from Mark, I was like, why? I don't know, this is weird. I don't like to think about that. Mark's Mark's been very weird. It's not even coy is the wrong is the wrong word. He's just been trying to make crazy jokes, you know, just telling stories. Yeah. He's, he's really throwing everyone off the target, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I don't know. It's just dude, I get it, man. Like uh I don't know. When he, when he tries to bring that into Star Wars though, it's like, I get it, man. Like, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want kids picking up guns and like fucking hurting themselves. It's horrible. But like. It's terrible. I mean, we're trying to talk about Star Wars episode. We're trying to get, trying to have an escape from all that stuff. Like, I get it, man. I don't know. I, I'm just not a big fan of him like turning Star Wars into some kind of like a, a public service political announcement. Statement. Yeah, public political statement. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm fine with that kind of stuff, but it needs to be very read between the lines and not on the nose. Yeah. You know? I suppose. I'm I don't know. Keep keep that shit out of my Star Wars, I guess. I don't know. Um Ryan Johnson uh he said he was talking I guess this is uh from Screen Rant. I like this. I thought this is really cool him. Um there's a Twitter user, Irish Geek Girl. She noticed a familiar-looking alien in Star Wars The Last Jedi uh, in a photo set picture from Canto Bite um, behind Finn and Rose. 
a patron of the casino can be seen holding an alien creature eerily reminiscent of Gary Fisher, Carrie's now iconic French bulldog. Aww. Um, yeah, that is awesome. Sure enough, when the fan reached out to Ryan Johnson, he confirmed the Easter egg. And... Um, she uh, it goes, uh, we at Fanta Tracks want to know if you can confirm this cute little creature is Space Gary in The Last Jedi. And Ryan oh. Johnson said, yes, wow, good eyes. So it's uh, it was a picture that was used in Empire Magazine of an alien patron in Canto Bite holding an alien creature that looks like Gary. And it's I think that that's really cool. So That's awesome. Yeah. yeah that is very touching. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that when we watch the movie in a few days. Exactly. It's, <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a scene of Rose, Tico, and Finn talking. And to the left of them, you'll see a patron holding it. You can actually see the picture online. It's out there. It's from Empire. So, um, okay. Huge spoiler here for The Last Jedi. Um, it's a possible spoiler. We talked about this one before. Jake, but it's been a while since we've talked about it. Anyway, the rumor comes from Screen Rant, and uh, it goes on to say, on Digital Sputnik's official Facebook page is a post sharing the theatrical trailer for the upcoming biblical epic Mary Magdalene, which the company supplied lighting equipment for. Curiously, the text has been edited to include the humble brag, we just realized we have illuminated Jesus and Yoda potentially spoiling what was meant to be a major reveal for the film. Yoda has not been shown in any official marketing materials with only his voice being heard in the background of Celebration Orlando's teaser trailer. The original post has been deleted, but you can see a screenshot of it in the space below. And yeah, I saw it. It was there um, that this company, they put this on their facebook page and and it said that um it it, it's also a legit lighting company so um you can (laughs) you can do some search on it digital sputnik isn't it it's a legit lighting company and they and they've done work on films and things like that um jason ward maybe they're they're like our moms and stuff where they like don't really know star wars that well (laughs) and they're like you know they're like it did yoda that's all they know of star wars you know well i (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I don't agree with that, Jake. Um, Jason Ward over at MakingStarWars.net. He's been trying to confirm for a while that that Yoda's going to show up in this film. He's just never been able to get 100% confirmation. But he's, you know, there's been rumblings that people have seen this Yoda puppet at Pinewood. So I'm. My bet is that Yoda's going to show up in this movie. That's my bet. I bet Yoda. I feel like Yoda is going to show up in this movie. So. Because Ray is Yoda's grandfather. No, no, because Yoda's a force. <laughs> Yoda's a force ghost, and Luke's going to talk to him. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Yes, so. that makes sense. I mean, I'd I mean, to see that we've seen Yoda show up in you know Rebels and some other things. You know, I know he's still alive in that timeline, but you know, I mean, we've seen Force Ghost Yoda in the films, so. I 100% think that there's a, I think that, I think that they've been keeping this real secretive. I mean, this rumor has not gone away. It's, I mean, it's been around for like the past year, year and a half that, that there's a Yoda puppet that they made. So. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a scene I really want to see too. Yeah. I hope it's true. I I don't know. I mean, we could, we could go into the movie, the movie could end and there could be no Yoda, but I'll be really surprised if, if we don't get a scene of Yoda. So. 
I don't know. As long as there's not a Yoda post-credit sequence, please. No, oh, they're not going to do a <laughs> post-credit sequence for a Star Wars film. Come on. You're just being silly. It's a Star Wars post-credit scene? Come on. No, I, I don't want to. I hate that. Oh, I do too. Uh, last thing. Snoke is not a Sith. It was confirmed by Andy Serkis. That's all I got. That's it. End of the show. We're done. <laughs> are you are you really that happy, Dan? Yeah, it's it's fucking late another, there. It's just another one in just another one in the bag. It's fucking three o'clock. Stay awake. At, three o'clock in the morning over there, Jake. This is dance post <laughs> this is dance this is dance post credit scene. Dan, get your bouncer off of me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jake, you're saying you are you saying some stupid shit. <laughs> All right, if you don't care, I don't care. What? Right, what are you talking about? I'm lost. No, Me too. I don't know what he's talking about. I have no idea what's going on. I'm crazy. No. Nope. that happy too. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm busting dance shops. I was saying yay too. <laughs> All right. Oh, All right. Can you can you believe? I mean, wh- when are you guys seeing uh, Star Wars? By the way, <clears throat> um, Thursday at nine central. Our oh. first showing is at six. It's or it's nine fifteen, I think. But it's that thirty dollar fan event that I refuse to pay thirty dollars for. I want. I want. I want to pay for it. Oh, you're crazy. No, I'm not. Part of me wants to go to that <sighs> fan event, and then I'll just see it the second time with you. Yeah, if I was shitting money, then I would go. No, no, it's it's not shitting money. It's just like thirty bucks that I won't use for something else. I just use it for the movie. But I probably won't do it. I'll probably just wait till nine. Wait the extra three hours. (laughs) (laughs) Hang out with us before the movie. We don't want you locked away watching the movie before us. Whatever. You act like we're going to be hanging out for three hours before the movie. Well, we're not. No, right? Uh. What are we doing? We haven't even planned it. We haven't planned it. We haven't even planned anything. Uh, I'm, looking I'm hanging for- out with someone. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the movie. I can't wait. Like, like by this time next week, we'd have seen it. We've seen it, man. I've probably have seen it four yep. times by this time next week. Yep, it'll be all over. We can, we can dissect what Yoda said at that point. Oh, you're shitting on my Yoda. It's gonna I'm not happen. Shitting on it. I love it. It's happening. I never was shitting on it. I made a bad joke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not disputing that. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what about you, Clayton? Have you got your tickets all booked up and everything? Yeah, I'm seeing it Sunday morning because all, all the tickets were gone. Because I work at a, I work at a movie theater, so I would usually get free tickets. But since Disney doesn't want that to happen for everyone. Uh, um, uh, that's what. Yeah, we just need to give Disney control of more fucking shit, then, don't we? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! You work at the fucking movie theater and you can't see it till Sunday because Disney's a fucking asshole. Jesus! Pretty much. <laughs> oh my god, that's ridiculous. That's just just yeah. crazy. And oh my god. And they what do they want? They, what do they want? Like sixty percent of the oh, ticket oh, sales? Yeah, something like that. It's it's awful because I work for a uh, like a mom and pop theater. Yeah, and you you mentioned it on the podcast before. Yeah, it's like they they're they're losing their money. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. If Disney was a was a was a was a woman, it, it would make you sign a prenup, right? <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry, ladies, you can fl- you can flip it around and you can say if Disney was a man, he'd make you sign a prenup. I just had to say it that way because I'm a guy and I have a penis. <laughs> I don't know. People people get bent out of shape over shit, you know. Anyway, no, definitely. Yeah, I just you know I can fuck you. I just like not you, Jake. I'm saying fuck you to anybody who had a problem with what <laughs> I just said. I was just telling I was telling our listeners that Ava DuVernay needs to direct a Star Wars film. Nah, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I've been drinking and I want to end this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to end too. <laughs> All right, let's put this uh, let's put this episode out of its misery. Uh, Clayton, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, this is, thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, this episode sucked. This is the no, it didn't. Yeah, it did, dude. It, did it was pre- it was pretty fantastic. <laughs> really? Shut the fuck yeah. up. You see, that's the thing. Like people think I say this just to say this. I legit think this episode fucking blew. You guys are out of your no. goddamn minds. This is no, garbage. No, no, no. I thought this one was pretty great. I thought this one. <laughs> I thought this one and last week were both top notch episodes. Ah, fuck. You gotta be out of your mind. PCL is back to firing on all cylinders. How? 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 (laughs) If the minute I tell you, the cylinders will stop. So we're just gonna leave it at that. Oh man! All right, and uh, fix it. Okay, Mighty Mouse. What the fuck? Um. All right, just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Uh, Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a walk rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. It, it, it's a trap. Could it toss it? Could it taste it? Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say? It's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the chaff and we're the shaft crap, even though we're the shit. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Could it toss it, could it taste it? Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture push over, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say it's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture. Leftovers.
we love it. Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over counterculture, pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers, uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers, only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers.